The sky is overcast, a dark gray filled with heavy clouds. The air is thick with humidity, not necessarily uncommon for the river kingdoms, but still threatens of rain, perhaps maybe even a passing storm. Davin Stond, a young boy of eleven, trudges through the dense underbrush of the forest, pausing every now and then to collect some herbs and mushrooms. The bag at his side is almost half full. He's having a good day. Maybe he can finish early and spend the rest of the day watching the Hell Knights spar. After all, there isn't much else to do except work and maybe beg for spare coins in the market. But if his mother finds out he's begging again, he'll be punished for sure. A drop of rain falls through the canopy of trees and lands on his nose. Then another, and another. Within seconds, the sky opens up and the rain becomes heavier. It is refreshing at first, but before long, Davin is soaked to the bone and begins to shiver. He turns to hurry home. There will be no watching the Hell Knights today. He heads in the direction of the town, but the forest is quite dark now and he can't remember from where he had come. He walks for a few minutes, stumbling in the mud and falls, scraping his knee, before he sees a break in the trees. Relief washes over him. Surely he's made it back. He moves more quickly now, ignoring the stinging pain in his leg from the bruise. He bursts out of the tree line at a run before doing a double take and freezing in his tracks. This isn't the way home. No, he is quite far away from the fort. He is standing in a perfectly circular clearing in the trees. Before him rises a massive green crystal structure. Its peaks glow ominously against the hazy dark sky. Thunder cracks in the distance, but what echoes makes his blood run cold. High-pitched, hysterical laughter, not human, rings from the structure mixed with rasping barking sounds not from any dog he has ever heard. Lightning splits the darkness and lights up horrible dancing silhouettes against the structure. He stands frozen for a full minute before his senses return to him. He is at least five miles away from home at this point. Mother has told him never, never to come here. This place holds only death. Even the bravest adventurers who enter and live to tell the tales speak of the horrors within. He had always joked with his friends that one day they would go in themselves, but now he sees it before his eyes. Every fiber of his being screams to run in the opposite direction, and that he does. Dropping his bag of freshly picked herbs, he runs as fast as he can through the trees, further and further away from this horrible place, the place known to them all as the Emerald Spire. Welcome to Trial by Spire, a mildly heroic adventure through the Emerald Spire Super Dungeon. We begin our adventure on a dusty road. Five figures walk together on this road. They are an odd bunch often drawing side glances from men and women in taverns and at markets. I would like each of you to roll me initiative. Ah! Which one? What do you mean? Do I roll Cabbage's initiative or my own? Well, go off of go off of yours, Jason. Darn, because his is five higher than mine. Well, too bad. He's got a really good initiative and I don't. All right. Let's go around and let's see. Justin, what's your initiative? 16. Brandon? 20. Jason? 11. Josh? 20. And what is your modifier? Who's the higher? Oh, you guys have the same modifier. Roll off? Roll off. First thing. 
Oh. oh. <laughs> by one. By one. Brandon's reroll got a 17, and Josh's reroll got a 16. All right, so we begin with Brandon. Would you like to tell us your character and what everyone would see as this figure walks down this road? So, just to start, he is a uh, he's six foot two human, medium size, um, thirty one years of age, so almost middle age uh, in some circles. As someone who is thirty years old, that's yeah, right? depressing. Yeah, well, I, I'm just going after Pathfinder stats here. And he has black hair and brown eyes. Would you like to tell us what his class is? How big are his ears? <laughs> um, very important. I, I guess he's a like larger size ears. He can hear very well. Makes sense. Yeah, like his his perception is pretty good. It's a six, so yeah, they're they're a little bit bigger. Yeah, I can. I mean, I don't know. I can go into detail. Do you guys want to go in detail about yours too? Sure. Yeah, sure. What is? Okay. I can. Uh, all right. My name's Schnee Witten. I'm uh, a ranger from the Monoice, traveling here with my friend Barney and his illustrious dinosaur, Gabby. I'm a ranger of sorts. My job is to find things for people. But there's a price for that. I find anything between uh, crafting reagents, you know, mushrooms, or mining materials. Sometimes I need to find people that some city folk just get lost in the woods. There's a price, though, to bring them back. I can find them, but bringing them back's a separate price. Usually it's easier if they're alive. If they're dead, I charge a little more. It's, uh, more costly to carry a body from point A to point B. Well, as a person that finds things, and an entrepreneur that I am, Barney here, he was looking for some adventure. And me, I find stuff, thought, why not help him find said adventure? And maybe a little gold along the way. It doesn't hurt to get a piece of the pie. Very good. So, Schnee. Next up in our initiative is Josh. So, Arashk is his name. And he is an Ifrit. Is that how you pronounce that? Make sure that's right. Yeah, Ifrit, Ifrit. So, half uh, genie kin sort of elemental sort of thing and half uh, human. He has uh, gray skin, uh, with red hair, yellow eyes, and a sharp face that has got currently munching on a peach, yellow but not tarnished teeth. He seems absent-minded and always uh, looking at every detail of the scene around him. It's he'll sometimes he's probably staggering behind the group, a ways off. Uh, as he just takes each moment to touch the roses, smell the flowers, look around him and uh, take in all the sights. After Arashk, we have Justin. Yeah, so there's Ling Feng, and he is a Tengu. For those not familiar, that is a bird-like creature. Um, he has a glossy black uh, featherage, plumage, I guess is what you call it on birds. Is that right? A plumage? Markedly, he has a lot of feathers missing and a lot of scars all over his body so he uh it's kind of a patchwork of feathers he's not balding like he's not like he's been plucked 
but uh, he is missing quite a quite a bit of his his plumage, and and in those places there's uh, puckered bird flesh. So he's a pretty stoic individual. He's a monk, uh, an elemental monk, which will come into play later. But he's a pretty quiet, pretty stoic bird man. Nice, interesting. That'll be fun. And then finally we come to Jason. So you see, probably the first thing that anybody would see is the five foot eight uh, metal dinosaur that is walking on two legs. It looks like a sort of raptor-like creature. It's technically an Allosaurus, which kind of looks like a raptor. They would see this metal creature that is made of gears and and pistons and all sorts of moving parts. And they would hear a, maybe the faintest of little whirring of things spinning inside. And then after taking in this uh, metal creature, they would see riding on the back of the metal creature a three foot six gnome that is garbed with many different belts and pockets of his artisan's outfit and he has a pair of goggles and a nice little cap on to cover his surprisingly white hair which is somewhat unfortunate for a gnome he seems to lack the vibrance that you would expect of a normal gnome his skin is a bit pale and there's some wrinkles in a couple places yet he insists that he is not even middle-aged and his class is an artificer with the clockwork tinkerer archetype which for people who know about pathfinder is not an official class it is one that i actually spent some time homebrewing over the course of maybe a couple months going and redrafting and whatnot and uh, sarah said that it would be okay to test it out on uh this little module or whatever it is that she's running we now know and uh we'll see how it goes we'll see how this uh this this new class goes hopefully it goes well so that's one thing i wanted to mention at the top of this is that this is going to be a little unconventional for pathfinder because we're using this as an opportunity to play test some things that jason has come up with so as he already mentioned he has built an artificer class using pathfinder rules and in that class, he has several archetypes. Uh, Barney is one of those archetypes, which he mentioned is a clockwork tinkerer. And uh, Arashk is actually a an archetype of the artificer, which he's playing a demolitionist. And it may not have seemed like it, but Schnee is also one of Jason's concoctions. We're calling it an unchained ranger. Jason's put a little work into the ranger uh, specifically with favorite enemy, favorite terrain, changing some of the things that rangers get. And we're going to test this out and see how it goes. So as we're playing, things may not seem familiar to you, but I'm going, my, my goal is to put his source material out there. So if anyone listening wants to look over what he has for these classes, we will likely be making changes on the fly because we have no idea how these classes are going to work in combat. So they may be too strong they may be too weak i'm going to be relying heavily on jason with these classes because 
to be honest, I read through them, but I really have no idea exactly how they work in combat and all the things that he's given them and taken away and changed. Justin's character, I can do that all day because that's Unchained Monk. No problem. Much vanilla, so boring. (laughs) No. No, he's playing a Tengu, for goodness sake. That's not boring. (laughs) But... Something else that we're doing that's a little bit different from our Iron Fang Invasion game is we're playing this in Foundry as our virtual tabletop. And so there may be some hiccups with that because it's all a brand new platform for us. But I'm very excited because there's a lot of cool things you can do in Foundry. And I'm hoping that it'll make it a bit more immersive. So that is, those are that's our party. Those are our characters. That's a little bit about the characters, which we'll get to more in the future. And I figured Emerald Spire would be a good module to play as something that we can just pick up when we can't meet for Iron Fang. And right now that we're in between books of Iron Fang, this is going to be a fun dungeon crawl that we can do with everybody. But as you guys are walking down this road, you may be chatting amongst yourselves. Who knows? Maybe you're just looking around just the scenery. You've been together for a while. Ahead of you, a little ways, coming from the trees in the forest you see two women. One woman seems to have the arm of the other woman slung over her shoulder, and the woman that she's with is limping, hobbling along. They burst from the tree line, make it about 20 feet slowly before you see a man coming after them. He too is trying to keep up, but he's struggling. So let me show you what you see. And on the heels of the man coming out of the forest, you see two figures. And as they come out of the tree line, they each release a crossbow bolt. One crossbow bolt hits the woman who's leaning against the other, and then one hits the man. The man immediately falls to the ground, and the woman, she gets hit in the shoulder, but because she's supported by this other woman, they continue, but you see her figure slump. I need everyone to roll me initiative. Ah. Oh, I had good ones earlier. This one's going to stink. I know hey. those tokens. That's Theros' mother. <laughs> this is an origin story. <laughs> For that NPC? Yes. <laughs> okay, you guys need to stop rolling the same initiative. Did we do it again? Yeah, you did it again. I'm sorry, man. It's just I can't pick the number. All right, so for initiative, what did Lang roll for initiative? He rolled a 19. Okay. Arashk? 13. Well, 12, technically. And then 13 was the tie. Not 112, just 12. Schnee? 11.5. So you're below Arashk? Below. That is correct. All right, Barney. World day 14. All right. And we're probably having Cabbage go on your turn. Unfortunately, yeah. His seven initiative is wasted. That's so sad. All right. So in this, well, we won't call it a surprise round. We'll call it the crossbow bolts before the surprise round. So in round one of combat, first up is this green guy. Oh. He is going to roll to hit let's see this guy is already down on the ground so he's going to forget about him he's going to aim for the the woman that he aimed at before 
So, I actually, I bought brand new dice for this game because I always buy brand new dice. And these D20s are huge. Like, it's a lot bigger than a normal metal D20, so. Inaugural roll with my new dice is going to be a natural three. Probably still hits. I like it. No, it actually doesn't. So, he fires off a crossbow bolt at this woman, but she stumbles under... You can see there's blood running down one of her legs. She stumbles forward just as this crossbow bolt goes flying past her ear. Now we come to Lang. You see this happening. What would you like to do? Lang will just say, What the seems to be transpiring over there? And then he'll move. And I don't remember how far I can move. Because this is a new character. I think it's 30. It's 30. See if I can do this right. <laughs> Pressure's on. Ha! <laughs> I did it! And the hearse comes out. Uh, yeah, that'll be his turn. Would you like to double move? No, he just wants to go see what's going on. Okay, gotcha. Fair enough. All right, after Lang, we have Barney. So Barney is going to... Oh, gosh, because I started mounted. I have to do a ride check, don't I? You said it. Flavor ride. So fast mount or dismount is a 20? Oh yeah, that's going to go well. That's going to go well. Okay. If you fail, it is a move action. Okay, so it's not that big a deal. I will roll a ride check to dismount. I fail. So as a move action, he will dismount from Cabbage. And then he will look in that direction. And can I, from this distance, can I like make a check to identify what the assailants are? Are they human? Do they look? Roll a knowledge local, and I'll we'll see what happens with your Ooh, roll. Eighteen. Okay. So I'll say you know there's a bit of a distance penalty, but you can tell number one that they definitely are humanoid, and the way that they're moving as they leave the tree line does indicate that they probably are human or something very close to human. Okay. And it's clear line of sight. Like I can see that they are shooting at these people. Yes. Like you there's can. no bushes in the way, like on the map. There's no bushes. So basically where they came onto the map is the tree line. And from there, it's like grass. And then there's the road. Contrary to what it looks like on this map, there's not actually any sort of bushes or trees or anything. So yeah. So as a move action, he will dismount. He'll look in that direction, see what's going on. He recognizes that they aren't monsters. They're humanoid. So he will call out and he'll be like, what is going on? What What are you doing? Cabbage, fast. That's the command that he gives Cabbage, and uh, Cabbage will move over there. Okay. And because that's one of his tricks, I think I can do that. I don't think that takes an action. His handle animal. Yeah. So it, he knows that trick. So I don't think that I have to spend a, a move action to push him. So with okay. my other move action, I'll just have Barnabas move away from the combat. And that's his turn. That's your turn. All right. Next, we come to this woman here. And I'm going to actually run their initiatives together since they're kind of together. So she is basically carrying this woman at this point. And they're going to move. So she's going to get probably, I'm going to say they're moving at half speed. They're going to move 30 feet up to be in the road. And that will be their turn. Next, we come to Arashk. Uh, Arashk is going to run over here to the two women who are staggering away and he will ask them what seems to be the problem 
and obviously they're being attacked, but he wants to know who it is and why. So, Arashk, as you get closer, you can see that this woman here is wearing a dark green cloak. She does have long pointed ears and long blonde hair. She has a bow slung over her shoulder. You can see the woman that she's holding is dressed in rags and is covered in dirt and mud stains. And then you can definitely see as you get closer, she has actually two crossbow bolts in her back and a crossbow bolt in her right thigh. And that's where, you know, blood is streaming down her leg as she's trying to hobble forward. He'll, uh, when he sees that, he'll use the rest of his movement to get in front of her between them and the assailants. All right, is that your turn? Mm-hmm. That's double move. Perfect. All right, now we come to Schnee. Can I see through the... Are these flavored brush? Or yeah, is... yeah. So I was saying before that there's... It's just grass here. And okay. anything up where these people are coming on the map is just the tree line. Okay. So, all right. So Schnee will look up and see them. Oh, Bonnie gave the command. Let's go. And he will pull out his crossbow. And he will spend a action loading it. If I was Okay. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. After Schnee, we come to the green person. He's going to, as a move action, reload his crossbow. He sees now that Arashk has stepped in front of their quarry, and now there are new people that are joining the fray. He also sees this <laughs> dinosaur. It's a highly inconspicuous dinosaur. <laughs> I wouldn't even worry about it. So would you... Would he have to roll, like, a what knowledge check, then? It's a construct, so knowledge arcana. What if he's trying to identify the type of dinosaur? Yeah, I don't think he cares about identifying it so much as it's starting <laughs> to run towards him. So he will reload his crossbow. He's going to take a five-foot step towards this fallen man, and he will shoot off a crossbow bolt at the construct no so this will be a natural 20 uh natural 18 for a 21 yeah yeah that'll do it that will be four points of damage ow and i doubt that he can be poisoned right uh he is immune to poison oh darn it Alrighty then so he's not poisoned and that is Green Boy's turn. Next, we come to this man, whom I will roll a thing for. Not great. All right. Now we come to... Don't worry about it. We'll just send our healer over to him. <laughs> I love level one, where it goes four damage. And I think, oh, thank goodness, there's only four damage. That's, oh, half my hit points. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a reason Barnabas wanted to move the opposite direction. <laughs> All right, top of round two, we come to the orange guy. So the orange guy is also going to use his move action to reload his crossbow. He's going to take a five-foot step, and he too sees the dinosaur and will... Well, he also sees the guy standing in front of the woman that he just shot, and they're still up and moving, so... He does have 80 feet of range. He shoots oh, yeah. at Barnabas. <laughs> He's going to shoot at Arashk. So this is going to be a... Does a 9 hit your t- your AC? I almost said touch AC. Oh, does gosh. it 9 hit your AC? No. No? Okay. 
so he misses with his crossbow. Next, we come to Lang, who is on his way. And he... It's gonna punch. You could charge. I can? I can get to green? Or is that red? What is that, green? That's green. Green. Yeah, that's green. So he'll pull out his... (laughs) I don't know how to pronounce this. Sansetsuken? Is that right? Is Is that that a weapon? It is a weapon. It's a monk weapon called a Sansetsuken. Sansetsukan. Okay, yep. It's basically like a... It's called a three-section flail. It's like a staff, but it's got three different pieces with it. Oh, yeah, the cla- yeah, classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. He'll pull that out and, I guess, charge at green. Okay. All right, so you can get right up to green. Now, with a... Ch- sorry, new monk. I got to learn some stuff. So with a... Can't do that, so you make one attack. Okay. But you do get a plus two for charging. Yes. Okay. Plus two for charging. So it'll be plus two to this. Which Ouch. Is, wow. A 20 on the die for a 23. Okay. And a crit confirm of 19. Okay. That's that. Okay. So you're, you roll a natural 20, which will hit. And you roll a 19 for critical confirm, which does confirm against green. For ten points of damage. Ouch. He goes down. So he doesn't go down, <laughs> but he doesn't feel good at all. Alright. <laughs> Big hit. Level one combat is so great. It's been a nothing while. like nothing like a critical on my first attack. I love it. Right. Nothing nothing like the critical damage being ten. Ten. The critical damage is ten. <laughs> Almost not as good as your base roll. Now, what is neat about that Sansetsuken, it has a critical range of 19. Ooh, 19 to 20. Okay. Is it a times two critical? It is a times two critical. Okay. It also has some cool stuff that I'll try and do later. Okay. I look forward to it. Or maybe I don't. We'll see. All right. So, Lang charges, hits, criticals, and now we come to Barney. So, that crossbow bolt hits into cabbage and kind of gets in some of the gears and as they're spinning they snap up the crossbow bolt and Barney's over there he says oh that did not sound good oh I was hoping that they were not the authorities or else I was going to commit a crime but I guess it's okay now as cabbage will continue to attack the unknown assailants who are now hopefully not guards that would be awkward awkward guards don't use poison dart he was worried they were guards, but now that they're attacking, he's like, okay, I feel much better now. And Barney will go up, and he'll attack probably the nearest one, which was green, but I have to move to that square to get to him. He's not going to charge. He's just going to move up and attack. Okay. With his bite. Nom, nom, nom. Oh, snap. Does a 22 hit? Natural oh. 18? Yes, it does. Indeed. Seven points of damage. All right. He goes down because he was at zero. Oh, snap. Why wasn't mine at zero? (laughs) And then Barney. Barney is going to move over here to be just below the others. He will look over to Arash and be like, make sure that you uh, protect me. It's my friend. And that's his turn. Okay. Next up, we have this woman who is carrying this woman. You see... This woman has basically lost consciousness, and so she's, like, slumped over, and the other, the one in the cloak, is now bearing the full weight of her on her shoulder. She looks at you kind of confused, 
and she'll say, please help us. You've got to do something about them. And then she pauses and her head shifts towards this direction, towards her right. And you hear her curse under her breath. I want everyone to roll me a perception check. 10. Okay, so Barney got a 10. 24. Okay. Got a 17. (laughs) Ooh, nice. Got a solid 10. 15. Okay. All right. So. I don't know if Cabbage needs to make a perception check. He doesn't need to for this. So I will say that Arash with a 15 and Lang with a 24, you both can hear over the sound of chaos that has ensued. You can hear the sound of hoofbeats coming from this direction, which would be like your your right direction. You don't see anything yet, but you can just hear several hoofbeats coming from that direction. Next up is Arash's turn. Well, nothing good that I see. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you safe as much as we can. And he pulls out a crossbow and loads it. And finishes her off. <laughs> Coup de grace. <laughs> Five foot steps that way. Yeah, yep, and then he takes the bolt and stabs her repeatedly. <laughs> this adventure is already its going a direction I did not expect. <laughs> How much XP do I get? Yeah, we'll get to that after the combat. Next up, we come to Schnee. Schnee. Kind of looks over and mutters under his breath. Oh, I didn't need a line for a shot, schmucks. All right, and then he will guess. Because which one's still alive? It's green, correct? It's orange. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought it was green. Okay, so I will I will move then. Okay. And then he will attempt to take a shot. I do not have firing in the melee on, so it's just going to be a minus four to this. Okay. Don't hit cabbage. I'm not going to hit the dinosaur. Yeah. Nope. I hit the dinosaur with another nine. <laughs> okay, so you, you go to fire... And you're trying to line up through Cabbage and Lang, trying not to hit your companions. And your bolt seems like it is aiming true, but Orange just caught sight of you and kind of dodged out of the way as your bolt flies past him. So that was your move in standard. Uh, Next we come to the man, who I will roll for again. Now Cabbage just cast Cure Light Wounds on him. Stabilize! All right, so I roll a thing. We'll see what happens with that. Um, Next, we come to Orange, who now has a mechanical dinosaur right up in his business. He looks to his companion, who is now on the ground, bleeding out. He will drop his crossbow and pull out a short sword. Oh, and take a swipe at the dino. So he will roll to hit the dino. Is a seven going to hit Cabbage's AC? Okay. So he will miss his target right in front of him. And that is his turn. Next we come to Lang. Hit a five foot step. Right? This one's down? Yep. I'll make him disappear so you can move. And then he will do a flurry of blue. Mm. Wait. A blurry of flows? A blurry of flows! Um, I was making sure that's not the one that I can only do once a day. That's something different. Do I have that programmed? No. Isn't it just another attack? It is. It's just another attack at my highest attack bonus. So there's the... 
What the heck, dude? <laughs> so that's a 23 with a natural 20. Uh, 16 to confirm. Well, okay. What the heck? How do you want to kill him in one blow? So what he'll do is, because it's got like a little chain that connects his staff, he'll loop the chain thing around the guy's neck and twist real quick. Ooh. Just snapping Ooh. the guy's neck. Ooh. That's awful. Well, yes, uh, yes, yes, I wanted to kill him. That's how I want to kill him. Yeah. All right. Well, you do it. He falls to the ground slumped. So is that your turn? It is. Because I technically that was a full round action. All right. So now what would be Barney's turn? Instead, Barney, you see four mounted people riding from straight in front of you on this road. They look to be black clad figures on black horses and they approach very rapidly. You can see that there are three, well, there's one leading this charge and then there's three horses behind this person. They are all wearing black armor with very jagged spikes and they have helmets with very jagged spikes um, and you see them approach. Ooh, sounds nefarious. What would you like to do, Barney? So, I also see them approach? Yes. Okay. Barney will call out to Cabbage. Cabbage, come back. We seem to have uh, allies. They really don't look like allies. What gives you that impression? They look like demons. No. Don't stereotype. So yes, Cabbage will come back and then uh, Barnabas will kind of step up and look to him and be like, and he'll start to like look at the uh, crossbow bolt wound and be like, oh no, this is all out of alignment. This is not good at all. He's a chiropractor. And that's his turn. Okay. After him, it is the female with the cloak. The hot, you can just say the hot one. Yeah, the hot one. She will turn, see these horses approach, and she curses louder this time under her breath. And she looks at you, Barney, and she says, don't do anything stupid, Okay. We'll figure this out. I created this creature here. What do you think I'm going to do that's stupid? She gives you like a confused look and then just doesn't say anything else. So that'll be her turn. And she will gently lay this woman on the ground and then turn to face the approaching horseman. After her, we come to Arashk. Long story short, I am pretty sure that he has had past dealings with this group of people before. So he is effectively going to delay and he wants nothing to do with them. So... He kind of uh, muddles a curse under his breath. He's had dealings with Zon Kuthan? Ah. Yes, the, the Zon Kuthan himself. He, he met him once. Alright, so Arashk is going to delay to figure out what's going on here. After Arashk, we come to Shnee. Does Shnee see them with the... Uh... Yes. Now he does? Yeah, you definitely can see there's horses approaching. You can't make out much of the details of them, but you can see that these horses are approaching very quickly. Okay, so he will move up to be next to Barney, and he will reload his crossbow as his other move slash standard action. And I guess he'll look at Barney. So uh, what are we going to do? That's it. All right, top of round four, we come to Lang. Turning out to be a very bad day. Double move. He will single move. Okay. So you single move to get closer to this group. Please. 
All right. So these approaching horses come next. They move up to be right in front. And the front horsemen, as they draw up closer, will remove their helmet. And you see it is actually a woman. And she has two horns sprouting from her forehead, indicating a tiefling, which I'm sure you guys have come across in your travels. And she looks down at you and she says, I am Maralicta Maven Hale, of the knights who guard the way to hell, order of the gate. No weapons shall be drawn in my presence. And with that, we will drop out of initiative for the time being, as the woman here will step up and she will say, Unlike you, these people just saved us. Now get these people some help, they're bleeding out. Hale will respond, of course, treat the slaves. The other mounted people will dismount. This one will walk over to the man, and then these two will step up closer. And as they come closer to you, Shni and Barney, and even Arash, they're very imposing. Again, they have very jagged, spiky black armor. Their helmets completely obscure their face except for a small slit where they can see out. And they they say nothing as they uh, pull from a small satchel at their side bandages and they begin to tend to this woman. And the woman who spoke is not injured, so they don't really do anything with her. I take that back. She actually is. You can see now that she actually has some crossbow bolts coming out of her back as well, but she is still standing. The leader of this gang will step forward, and she will say, Help the slaves to the horses. They are to stand trial. The elf woman will say, What? No, they are poisoned and barely conscious. We were running for our lives. Maven Hale will hold up her hand and she'll say, I know how you feel. The other woman stops her. No, you don't. They can't think straight. This is why people call you Hell Knights. Hale pauses for just a moment and then she says, You're correct. They are unable to be questioned properly. Take them to the Mosswater Gate. Put them in the guest rooms. One of you, she indicates to one of the other Hell Knights, will stand guard. The other two get two locks and an alkalite from the High Mother. After you are assured their wounds are treated, feed them, allow them a good night's rest. We will question them and hold a trial tomorrow, if necessary. She looks at the elf woman. You look to be in no good condition yourself for the trip home. The woman responds, her voice is dripping with malice. I'd rather rot than accept the help of slavers. Hale will respond, very well. She then pulls from her pouch at her side. She holds up several iron nails and she tosses them to the ground. Then she looks at you guys, and she says, You may choose to help the knights. Our order of the nail is otherwise occupied at the moment, but the law is to put any outlaws on the trees. You can keep their belongings. Also, should Taserly here find her way home, provide a token of her father's favor to the guard posts, I will assist you with all I can at Fort Inevitable. After that, she nods her head to the others and they take the woman who's unconscious now and the man and they will sling them up on their horses and they turn to leave so I feel like as all of that was going on Barney was whispering to Schnee he says yeah good Schnee if things go bad I am going to need you to buy me some time uh, about one hour and I should be able to replace I should be able to replace this piece here in cabbage so and then as they start leaving, he's like, 
Oh, good. Never mind. They're leaving. Okay, is there anything that anybody wants to say or do as they're preparing to leave? They left the nails for us, you said? Yes, they tossed a handful. She tossed a handful of nails to the ground. What did she say the purpose was for? I mean, obviously to nail them up on the trees, but... Yeah, yep. She said the order of the nail is otherwise occupied and the law is to put any outlaws on the trees. Lingle woke up. We're in the River Kingdoms now, right? You are, correct. You are on the Crusader Road heading north. So Lingle woke up and be like, Excuse me, of uh, did you refer to them as slaves? That I did. They were escaped slaves. We just heard from the owner that they had escaped. My understanding that slaves weren't allowed in River Kingdoms. Maybe not where you're from, but at Fort Inevitable, it is perfectly legal. Perfectly disgusting, and he'll spit at her. Not like, not like at her, but like in her general direction. Not on her. Spits right on her face. Yeah, right in her face. Filthy slaver. She will make no indication that that did anything to her, and unless somebody else has something to say, they will turn and start heading in the direction they came from. I do hope you find your place in hell. And he'll pick up the nails and throw them as far as he can as they leave. Oh, okay. I was gonna ask for a hammer. Oh yeah, I have one of those. (laughs) Shnee pulls out a hammer from his backpack. Actually, he's already holding it because he's repairing. It's like, actually no, I'm I'm currently using it, so... She just takes his head and, uh, kind of walks back toward the the group scene. Let's, uh, bend together, we can talk. So they will take their leave on their horses. I didn't think about it, but can birds spit? Do birds produce spit? They can poo. (laughs) You've broken my immersion. I can't play this game anymore. Listen to me. We don't want to go down this line. I have played with other Tengu players before, and as soon as you start questioning anything, you begin questioning too much, and it's time to stop now. Trust me, I've been down this road. They're, they're bird people. He tries to spit at her, but his tongue just flaps in his beak. <laughs> That's why she made no, like, indication that she cared, because she's like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what is that? I'm not sure we want to uh, piss off the locals here. But then they should have thought of that before they pissed off me. This woman will turn to you, and you can see, like, as she's standing there, something starts to affect her, and the color just drains from her face, and she she goes limp and falls to the ground. And as she falls, she kind of grabs onto, we'll say she grabs onto a rock onto his coat, and she'll say, uh, you, Royst, Royst can help. The, the foxes can help. Don't let them take them, please. And then she'll just fall limp to the ground. My, my, what we got here. Let's check. I, I, I don't know what's wrong with her. She fainted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a heel of seven, so... I saw that much. I don't know what... I do know. Maybe. It's untrained, though. So I think I, I don't think it's a trained skill, so... I it is not. It is. You can roll it. Yeah, so I rolled that funny. What's, what's going on? So, a natural 20 for 21. You look over her real quick, and you can see that she's not dying. It looks like, so she had taken a couple crossbow bolts. They were non-lethal. She wasn't bleeding out. But her adrenaline had just come down, and she basically collapsed from exhaustion, from, you know, this adrenaline buildup. 
And also with your natural 20, I will say that you can actually see on the tip of one of these bolts, there is like a substance on the tip of that bolt that isn't normally on a crossbow bolt. I think these are poisoned. And he looks carefully. I don't I don't know what to do, but I know she's alive still. Well, let's check to see maybe if uh, those bandits up there have some neurotoxin or something. So Snee will rush up to see if they have any... I, I guess he's just going to kind of look through them quick to see if they have any, like, potions or what would be, like, a antitoxin or something like that. Okay. All right, so Snee, as you're looking over them, they each had a crossbow on them, a light crossbow. If you look quickly, you can see that there's a total of 14 bolts between the two of them. They each had a, sh- a short sword. They each had a dagger. You do find two vials, which look to be a potion. There's a smaller vial that looks different. They each have like standard leather armor on. You can see that one of them has a very nice looking earring. The other has a gold plated bracelet. They do have each have pouches that probably have coin in them. And then each of them has a gourd shaped container with a plug. And if you pick it up, you can hear like rocks rattling inside. So he'll take the vials and one of the pouches of gold. He'll put one of the pouches of gold in his pocket and he will carry the other vials to the other groups. Okay. I found these. I don't really know what to make of them. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, none of us have knowledge or kind of spellcraft? Oh. Uh, Except for Schnee, who may not have put ranks in that. I didn't put ranks in it. It's a class skill, but I didn't put ranks in it. Okay. So nobody has it, right? I don't know. uh, It's not a uh, train school for me. Okay. So I will roll perception as he looks over both the vials and tries to determine which one. Oh, I guess I I can attempt to aid if you're going to go that route then. If you carry the vials over and maybe catch Barnabas' eye, he'd be like, Yo, if you, if you need to know what those are, then I could, uh, I could try to see if my eye can identify what's going on there. You mean by looking at it? That's what I could do. Uh, I can do craft alchemy as well. I can use the artificer's eye to use a praise to identify magic items. So, uh... Schnee will give them to uh, Arash. Here, you take these. They might have more useful items for us. And he will leave the potions to them, and he will go back up to relieve them of any valuables they may have. I'll roll to aid Jason, because that's how mine works, too. I just remembered. Okay, so Jason, do you want to explain to us what this Artificer's Eye is? Yeah, so the Artificer gets an ability known as Artificer's Eye, which is basically... When determining mundane items value, he adds he gets a bonus on appraise checks, kind of like how a ranger gets a bonus on tracking. But he can also use this ability to basically cast detect magic, but only for the purposes of identifying magic items. But he uses appraise instead of spellcraft. So he's essentially just appraising the item and he's determining what its properties are from that with his artificer's eye. Okay. So. And even though I'm archetype, I also, as a demolitionist, have that same ability. So, Yes, I don't think any of them replace that. Oh, your appraise is higher than mine? How dare you? How dare you? But I rolled better. Yes. That's an 18 for me. Okay. 20 with the aid. All right, so this functions as spellcraft. Yes. So with 
a 20, you are able to identify that the two vials that look similar are each a potion of cure light wounds. Ah, yeah, these are uh, potions of cure light wounds. Be helpful for the two that uh, were taken away that were wounded. And where is the, the guy with that's near Schnee that was up there? They took him, too. Oh, they took both the slaves. They took him and the woman. Yep. I don't know if we should be referring to them as slaves. Well, sure. Yeah, he'll take one of the potions and then kind of give it to this woman who we still don't know her name, or did they say it? They did say her name. They said they called her, the one woman called her Taserly. That is T-A-E-S-E-R-L-E. So Taserly. And one thing that I forgot to mention is that before Maven Hale left, she did provide you guys with directions on how to get to this woman's house. Because she had mentioned, like, should Taserly find her way home? And you provide a token of her father's favor to the guard posts. I will assist you with all that I can at Fort Inevitable. And then she gave you directions. Basically told you to stay on this path for another couple of miles. And then you would find her house is actually outside of the walls of the fort. Jumping over to Schnee, as you're looking over the bodies, you, if you spend time looking, you would gather that the pouch that you picked up has five gold, six silver in it. The other pouch has 12 gold. If you want to make appraise checks, you can appraise the earring and the bracelet. Nah, I'll leave that to Bonnie. My appraise check ends at counting gold. Okay. And then anyone who wants to can roll a craft alchemy on the other vial, which wasn't actually a magical item. Yeah, my apologies, but I cannot help you with the other one. Oh! Oh no, I can, because my craft is all of them too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 26. Okay, so Rashk rolled a natural one for an eight, and Barney rolled a 26. So Barney, you're looking at this other vial, and you can deduce that this is small centipede poison. Oh yeah, this is a small centipede poison. It's a very common poison. I don't remember what it does. So it's inflicted upon you by injury. It is a fortitude save, and the frequency is once per round for four rounds, and you need one save to cure it. The effect is one dex damage. Gosh, she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll be fine. So, uh, Snee will come back and... Oh, Bonnie, I found, uh, some other knickknacks here that might catch your eye. I found some gold, too, if anybody would like to partake. I figured if they were going to pay me after I nailed these two up, I would have, but, uh, no need since I got all I want. Okay, so you have other items to identify then? Uh, I think it was a bracelet and a necklace, I believe. An earring and a bracelet, yep. So if you want to roll a praise on the earring and the bracelet. You want two separate praises? Yes, please. I will attempt to aid just for fun. Oh gosh, the second one I might have gotten. Oh wow, oh I appraised, or I uh, ate it twice. So that's a 13 on the first one, or I don't know if Arash was also aiding or doing his own. Okay. In that case, his was higher. So the first one, his was higher than mine. The second one with the aid, I got a 25 on the second one. Okay. All right. So, Barney, you're not sure on the earring. Arashk, you can look at this earring and say that this is probably worth 35 gold. And then you're both able to see the bracelet and deduce that that would be worth 15 gold. Can I roll knowledge local or nobility to try to identify who these attackers were, where they might be from, or any insignia that they might have? Go ahead and roll knowledge local. 
Uh, with a 16, you're looking at them and there's nothing really that stands out. They are hooded and they have like masks covering their nose and mouth. Judging from their gear and their mannerisms, they are probably just bandits. Just highway bandits in the river yeah. kingdom. Could I, um, sir, I guess to that point, so I should know if when Snee was looking, could I at least tell if they were like human or what type of humanoid they were? Yeah, I mean, you could, you know, pull back their hoods and whatnot, and they're both human. They're both human men. I just want to know for favored enemy purposes later. Yep. They were both human men. Oh, so my apologies, but which of us did we decide was going to be handling the inventory? Well, seeing how I'm a staunch follower of Abadar, it would be my pleasure to procure all the wonderful trinkets that we find. And Critus, and Critus. He says that, pulls back his hood, and you see a little squirrel run out from his pocket. Well, hello, Blood. You have a good day today. Yes. Uh, yes, leave that great work to somebody who would rather do that. Not my cup of tea. Oh, okay, yeah. If you are ever carrying too much, feel free to uh, put some. I've got a backpack here. I can carry some. So just let me know if you are carrying too much. You know. All right, sir, I'm going to pull out a separate sheet of paper so I can track the inventory. I don't know why Jason's accent's getting to me now, but it is. It happens. <laughs> so... Yeah, don't worry about it. It takes me some time to get into it myself. We will all be German soon. I have the <laughs> I have the German name, I just don't speak it. We, we've been traveling through so many places so, so frequently recently that all the accents seem to be coming together, and it's very difficult. <laughs> That's why I hang out with you. So, essentially, you have procured two Masterwork Light Crossbows. Oh. I mentioned 14 crossbow bolts, two short swords, two daggers. Stabby, stabby. You have now one potion of Cure Light Wounds. Because um, you said you gave one to Taserly, right? Was that a thing, Arashk? Did you give one to Taserly? Yes, yes, yes. Alright. You have small centipede poison. Are you, like, undressing them? Taking their armor? That is not appropriate, but do they have anything under there? They do. I mean, they're not just wearing armor. <laughs> that would shape <laughs> well, really I don't bad. want to leave them deprived hanging out in the woods. Easy, crazy, breezy, breezy. Uh, yeah. What's the armor? I will take one of the Masterwork light crossbow. I was thinking that perhaps I could mount it onto cabbage. Have like an artillery piece. <laughs> that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, you could you could think about doing that. There are two sets of leather armor, and then I mentioned the gold already, so a total of seventeen gold, six silver. And then there was the um, bracelet and the uh, earring. Yep. So silver earring worth thirty-five gold, and gold-plated bracelet worth fifteen gold. And then, I don't know if you care, but they each had two gourd-shaped containers that have a plug. And then there are rocks inside, so that it's almost like a maraca. <laughs> I want all of you guys to roll me an intelligence check. Or, no, maybe... Yeah, just roll me an intelligence check, all of you. <laughs> wow! Come on, Sydney! Can we get Yay! a double... Yeah. <laughs> we got one double digit. Yes. One devil digit, baby. I am. I've surpassed all your intelligences this time. DC fifteen, right, Sarah? 
All right, so let's go around. What did you guys roll? I rolled a two for a four. I rolled a nat one for a two. <laughs> I rolled a four for a three, a seven. <laughs> okay. I rolled a 16 for a 17. Nice. All right. Well, I'm glad that didn't backfire on me and one of you guys rolled high enough. What do I learn? So you learn, Shani, listening to the conversation that Taserly was having with this Marilichter, Maven Hale. She mentioned, well, actually, this wasn't part of the conversation. This was what Taserly had said before she kind of fell unconscious. She mentioned the name Royst. And that name stuck out to you because you recognize that. That name is actually on the posting that your group picked up in Daggermark. So when you were at a tavern, you saw on one of the boards there that there was a posting by somebody named Abernard Royst, who was looking for a group of adventurers, and he basically gave very vague instructions to head north on the Crusader Road. And so you guys had picked that up, and you were on your way, kind of following this notice... So the name that she said matches up with the name that was on this posting. Yeah, Shni will, once he recollects, he'll kind of put his bag down and, and reach through his haversack and pull out the uh, the notice. And, hey, that name, that's the same one here on this uh, brochure. Oh, I can't believe that I did not put that together. Well, you're putting your dinosaur together. Yeah, uh, speaking of which, it's going to be another 45 minutes, if that's all right. How's the girl? She seems fine for now. What? Where is it that we were to go? We're just to go along this road more? Yeah, yep. So you would know from the conversation with the Hell Knights that they were to continue to Fort Inevitable. And that would be, you know, a couple miles on this road. Hell Knights, Fort Inevitable. This place is so cliche. I don't like the idea of going to a fort. I don't like that idea at all. What's wrong with it? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I, I just don't like the idea. Ah, it's cool to be out there, I'm sure. Right, but they're slavers. Well, they're slavers. You know, everybody's got to make a living. Not slaving. To eat their own. Okay, so you guys, do you spend another 45 minutes here while Barney tinkers with cabbage? If he does, yeah, Schnee would go and sit down. He would be playing with Blood and feeding him some of his elven ration. I think Shnee does not know what he says. Arask will stand up to leave and kind of cool his head, literally, <laughs> for a bit. And it's just kind of, you know, walk off. He dumps water on his head and his, his hair goes away. <laughs> his hair stops being on fire. Yeah. <laughs> He's just bald now. His, his hair is still on fire. That, that hasn't changed. I think as Barnabas is finishing up his uh, repairs, he kind of whispers to Cabbage and he says, Yeah, so Cabbage, just so you know, you are a companion, not a slave, okay? Even though you have to do everything that I say, <laughs> not a slave. And then when he finishes the repairs, he's like, Okay, I think I am good to go. Still a little bit more that I have to do, but I think I can do that in a morning maintenance. All right, finally. Ling would have hunted for a small woodland creature to eat. Okay, roll me in survival. Sure. Do you have any ranks in survival? <laughs> no. <laughs> Silly goose. A five. A five. A two on the die for a five. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're unsuccessful. 
It seems that the commotion has scared away all of the animals in this area. The rodents. You're spitting. Scared everything away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're horrifying. I just tongue, like, flapping inside of me. <laughs> Gonna have to practice that. That's a mental image I don't need in my head. <laughs> it lives there now. Yeah. Alright, so you guys wrap up. Uh, Barney finishes up his repairs on Cabbage, and you set off again with... I'm hoping taking this woman, or do you leave her in the road? We're just gonna let her die. No, I'm sure that when she wakes up, she will know how to get there herself. <laughs> I'm glad we wasted a potion on that. Yeah, so she seemed to be a strong, independent woman. I'm sure she'll find out. Sneed, Sneed will look over. And, if I carry you back, do I get a reward? Take your silence as a yes. <laughs> You'll pick her up and carry her. Alright, so you guys take off again on the road heading in the same direction that you were heading before all of this happened. It's probably about another couple miles before you can see further up on the road you see some small houses that show up and some fields, farmland, but what is more visible are very tall stone walls that surround you know, massive area ahead of you. And as you get closer you can tell that this is likely the Fort Inevitable that the Marilichter talked about. She did mention that in order, like, the fastest way to get to Taserly's house would be to go through town and then head out one of the other gates. And Taserly's house is actually outside. Her father owns a vineyard. So it's, it's easier because there's a river so rather than cross the, the river, it's easier just to go through town and out one of the other gates. So I will move us to the map of Fort Inevitable. So this is a very big map. I made this map to scale so that if you guys were to put your tokens down and measure, it would show the exact distance per what the map scale is to be. So you would be entering through this gate. Well, it's really tiny. This gate is the Juliver Gate. And as you approach the Juliver Gate, you see that there are two similarly dressed Hell Knights standing at the front. And as you approach, they hold up their hands to stop you. And one will speak. State your name and your purpose for coming to Fort Inevitable. Don't forget, is this where we had to bring the chick? I'm sorry. Yeah, so you're coming to Fort Inevitable. You have to walk through the town to get to her father's vineyard outside of town. So you walk up. Well, hello, good sir. We have a individual here that had fallen into the woods. We are just returning her home. These are my uh, companions. He will look at the woman that you're carrying, and he will nod his head, and he'll say, Yes, Merilichter Maven Hale told us you would be coming. You may enter. And they'll step aside and let you enter the town. I appreciate it. This is the Juliver Gate, number 42. So you guys will make your way through town. So Maven told you to make your way through town. You will pass the fountain and the first road after the fountain. So the middle of town is the Victory Fountain, as it's called. Take a right and you will head straight out the other gate, which is called the North Gate. Nothing uh, suspicious ever happens at the North Gate. It's always the North Gate. Always. I have a bad feeling about this gate. 
And then as you head on the road out of the north gate, you'll eventually see the vineyards to your right. And then the road that leads to Taserly's father's house, which is the Carolyn's Vineyard. There's like no bridge or anything. Like you can't like you have to literally go through the city to get to where that house yeah. is. Basically, yeah. But there's another road that heads this direction, so Gotcha. Do you think they make good alcohol here? I'd say so. Well we got some spoils to sell, and I think we could take a cut of that for something to quench our thirst. So as you approach, you see it's a modest house. It's, you know, pretty good-sized. And there's actually an outbuilding, which you would imagine is probably where they do most of the processing of the grapes from the vineyard. So what would you like to do? We drop her at the door and then <laughs> run away. A ding-dong ditch. <laughs> He's the quest giver. We can't do that. Because we just knock at the door. After a moment, you see... A, a half-elf man. He appears to be, you know, pretty up there in years. His face is weathered by the sun, and his long hair, which is tied back in a ponytail, is mostly gray with some streaks of black. He'll look and he'll say, Can I help you? Oh, hello there, sir. We had uh, found, believe, he leans down so he can see her, your daughter. Attacked, and we had saved her. And bring her home. Oh, oh my goodness, Taserly? She was a- attacked? Oh, please, come in, come in. And he will motion you inside. You enter into a room that is mostly a kitchen, and he will beckon you over to an area, living area, that has, like, a, a small couch. And he'll have you lay her on the couch, and he will examine her and see, what happened? What- how did this happen? Well, you see, there were some bandits that uh, appeared and were shooting at her and a couple others. We saved them. Oh, bandits. Why is she getting mixed up in bandits? That doesn't make any sense. I haven't seen her since this morning, but you know, she's she's an adult. She can handle herself, but getting involved with bandits. Why, why would she be getting involved with bandits? I'm not quite sure they were running away and, uh, you know, we were just there at the right time. Out of the kindness of our hearts, we brought her here. Oh, and uh, we also have this. He pulls out the uh, poster. He will, he'll take it and he'll say, Oh, Royst. Interesting. Uh, Royst is the town mage. M my name is not Abenard Royst. I am Carolyn. My apologies. Where will we find him? Oh, yes. He's in, he's in town. He's actually near the Juliver Gate, which probably is where you, you came in. Ah, we must have missed his tower. Oh, he, yeah, he doesn't have a tower. He just lives in a modest home. But you said that he was a mage. How, what kind of mage does not have a tower? Guys are always stereotyping. And now that I think about it, why is your north gate on the east side of town? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, I, I don't know. I didn't build it, okay? No, but according to my compass, it is on the east side of town, <laughs> but you're calling it the north gate. Well, it's kind of it's kind of pointed north if you look at it. It's it may be on the east side of town, but the gate itself is kind of pointed north. Yes, but you, but you have a gate on the north side of the town that also points north. Yeah, but that's the Mosswater Gate. The the road travels east. It's the northeast gate, Bonnie. Oh, well, not to belabor the point, but why is there not a tower for this mage? 
Yes, this is not a very good mage if it does not have a tower. None of this is adding up. All the mages in the mana waste have towers. Well, this isn't the mana waste. I, I, I don't understand. This, I, I mean, you can go ask him why he doesn't have a tower. I don't know. You're not being very hospitable for us saving your daughter. I'm just confused. I don't know you people, and you're already coming in criticizing the town. Well, my name is Schnee Witten, uh, and these are my companions. So, we need to go find this mageless tower and talk to him <laughs> regarding... No. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I you got the backwards. We need to find a towerless mage. Oh. Not a mageless whatever. tower. No, it's not whatever. Just like why I, is I, I, I have exhausted my intelligence today. Well, anyway, we're gonna go. But um, I think your daughter here um, mentioned something about a possible reward for helping bringing her back. Oh, a very large reward. Yes. Uh, oh yes. Um, a reward. Uh, all right. Let me let me see what I can scrounge up. And he will. He'll go into another room, and you hear him like opening drawers and like shuffling through things. And he will come out and he'll say, Well, I, I, I'm i sorry, I don't have much coin to give you, but uh, I do have a bottle of wine that has been... It's worth quite a bit if you would rather drink it or, you know, you can sell it if you wish. Our reputation is quite great in these parts. People will pay a good coin for our wine. Um, but other than that, I, I can offer you 25 gold. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have much else. Please six appraise on the wine. Uh, 26 appraised. So you look at it, and it does have the insignia of what you would guess would be the Carolyn Vineyard, which is just like a cluster of grapes. And you can't get too much because it's like an unopened bottle of wine, but it does seem to be, you know, pretty high quality. I would prefer the gold. I would prefer that you named your gates correctly. <laughs> All of that aside, she was in a terrible fix, so I think I think both will do quite well. Well, yes, I was offering both. It wasn't a one or the other. It was it was both. Well, good. Now that we're all clear, we're good about it. So, Shnee mentions it as well. They call me greedy. No, we'll take these, and uh, perhaps we will come back at a later time to check on your daughter, make sure she is okay. Possibly discuss the naming of your gates. Yes, where's your mayor? We don't have a mayor. Oh, that explains quite a bit now, doesn't it? Some city or castle. No towers, you have no mayor, what, what do you I have? I know that you do things differently outside of the big cities, but I, there's a way to do things, and this is not it. Well, I mean, it's not that we don't have a leader, it's you just, you must be talking about the lady commander. Oh, this is not a good impression on her. You must never have been from here before, have you? No, no, we are far from far away in a place that makes a lot more sense than this one. Well, in case you haven't noticed, this place is kind of run by the Hell Knights, and their lady commander is the ruler of the fort. What is this Hell Knights? What, what is this Hell Knights? What are a Hell Knights? I know a bit about the Hell Knights, but they are a very orderly society, and I just, I cannot accept that such an orderly society would misname their gates in this way. <laughs> Does anyone have knowledge history? I do! Oh. I'm trained in that one! I was hey. assuming it was local. Perhaps I don't know as much about that. I, 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 I was also assuming it was local or nobility. I mean, they're pretty notorious. So if you have knowledge local, you can roll that. If you have history, you can roll that. 
scared. Alright, so... What do we have Sarah's like, I'm exhausted by you people and you're not a good <laughs> You can hear it in your voice. <laughs> I love how Sarah was like, yeah, we're gonna have like a really like uh, action-heavy, combat-heavy Emerald Spire game. There probably won't be a whole lot of roleplay. <laughs> we spend ten minutes roleplaying about the game name of the game. <laughs> and uh, I, I prepped a lot for this first session because I'm really excited about it. Sure, we can talk about the gates for ten minutes. That's fine. Doesn't bother me at all. If you haven't put it together, I did not replace the obsessive trait for the gnomes. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. Okay, alright. So, all right. Leng got a 20 knowledge history. Arashk got a 23 knowledge local. Barney got a 14 knowledge local. And Schnee got a 10 knowledge local. So, I'll say that all of you guys have heard of the Hell Knights before, but it is a little odd that the Hell Knights are here. This is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. The Hell Knights come from Cheliax. They were you know, established in Cheliax. They are very much about order. They can range anywhere from lawful good to lawful evil, depending on their order. And orders vary, so each Hell Knight is part of an order, and their different orders have different duties. So to name some of the common orders, there's Order of the Chain, Order of the Gate, Order of the God Claw. Order I would of like the... to talk to this Order <laughs> yeah. of the Gate, please. Order of the Nail, Order of the Pyre, Order of the Rack, Order of the Scourge. You would recall that Maven Hale mentioned that she was Order of the Gate. I thought she was Nail because she gave us nails. She was no, nail. she said the Order of the Nail is otherwise occupied, but... That their law is to put any outlaws on the tree. So Carolyn would tell you, he would, you know, give you some information on the Hell Knights. And he would say basically that the Hell Knights were fighting in the World Wound. They were heading north to fight in the World Wound with the Crusaders. And the leader at that time, whose name was Emos Varden. This was probably, so let's see, 4681, probably about 23, 24 years ago. He was leading a group through this area, and they were taking care of bandits along the way because this area was very well known for bandits. They dispatched of a group of bandits that had set fire to several farmhouses, and the people there had begged them to stay and help to take care of the outlaws that were in the area. So they embarked on a month-long campaign to actually wipe out all of the outlaws from this area. And Varden decided that rather than go and fight at the World Wound himself, what he could do is establish kind of a base of operations for people that are heading north to the World Wound. So they began construction of this fort. And basically their goal was to bring order to this area. He would mention that when the Hell Knights established their presence, they dissolved any sort of mayoral person. They dissolved the town council and they established a, basically, he became the the town's commander and the town fell under martial law. And how long ago was this? It was probably like 20 to 25 years ago. So he ruled with a very heavy hand, but under his rule, the town flourished. And as long as people kept in line with the laws the Hell Knights put out, that everybody, you know, they operated well, they were successful and safe. 
However, this Hell Knight commander was mysteriously assassinated one day, and his second in command, who is the current commander, Lady Commander Adara Dravast, took command and she immediately investigated the assassination. And within a month, she had rounded up 11 sus suspected conspirators and she hanged them all, despite them protesting innocence. That's the hell nice I know. Yeah, she informed them they would receive the exact clemency that they showed to Lord Varden and executed them. And since she's prov proven herself to be very meticulous and efficient, her rule has been relatively untroubled since then. She's taken over, I think it's been like, let's see, I think 20 years since she took over. So it was probably Lord Varden only ruled for a few years before he was killed. And ever since then, she has worked to stamp out all banditry from the surrounding areas. And then he would mention that of the Hell Knights that are in Fort Inevitable, the majority of them are the Order of the Pike, um, which they are known for being monster slayers. So they specifically seek out monsters that seek to jeopardize peace and kill innocent people. They spend a lot of their time researching monsters in an effort to, you know, figure out the best ways to hunt them down and to kill them. And they have a pretty impressive library of information about strange and dangerous beasts. And after them is the Order of the Nail. The Order of the Nail is known mostly for taking care of outlaws. So that's kind of why they established their presence here, is this area was very much filled with banditry and they want to establish orderly societies. They have been the ones that have led the charge into taking out the bandits in this area. And then obviously you already know that there is a presence of the Order of the Gate. And the Order of the Gate is made up mostly of mages, so both arcane and divine spellcasters. And they do a lot with studying, like, the planes, outsiders. They treat a lot with, like, summoning and treating with fiends from the great beyond. And that was what Merelictor Maven Hale was. Some of that you guys would be able to piece together just from your own knowledge, and some of that be what he would tell you based on his knowledge of things within the fort itself. Just from the module itself... It says that Hell Knights forcefully patrol Fort Inevitable and any surrounding lands, um, enforcing the Lady Commander's strict laws. There are, at any given time, two to four squads of Hell Knight soldiers that patrol the town. The gates are constantly manned by larger contingents. Um, they are swift to break up brawls and prevent crimes. If they fail to catch a perpetrator at the scene, they will do a thorough investigation. And nobody is past judgment without a fair trial. Their views on slavery, they believe freedom is a privilege, not a right. So those who fail to contribute to the community's prosperity can and should be put to work by their betters. Debtors, criminals, and vagrants are all subject to enslavement under Hell Knight law. Debtors normally become indentured to the holders of their debts after a hearing in the Citadel. Monthly auctions allow the purchase of criminals and vagrants sen sentenced to slavery. As many people, especially the poor, wind up as the property of rich merchants and landowners, Attempts to escape or resist one's lawful master are considered serious crimes and often extend the term of servitude. But it says they are also as rigorous about the legalities of slavery as they are everything else. It's unlawful to abduct a stranger and drag him back in chains. Slave owners who come by their property illegally are in danger of being charged to themselves. 
They forbid slaveholders from engaging in wanton acts of cruelty and mistreatment. A slaveholder who allows one of his slaves to starve or who beats a slave to death is subject to arrest and trial. See, they're basically an employer for life, possibly. So Carolyn will say, uh, you, you would do best to try to stick to your best behavior as you're in the town. You don't want to get on the Hell Knight's bad side. Oh, do we look like the group that would get on somebody's bad side? Well, you're certainly trying to get on my bad side. No, I apologize. Now that I know that it is... I will I will bring my complaints to the proper authorities, and it sounds like I will be doing so anonymously at first. <laughs> well, I, if you need a meal, you're welcome to stay for a meal, but otherwise, you know, I can give you the directions to Abenard's house if that's where you'd like to go now. What time is it, is it? It is probably mid-afternoon. Looks at the others. Do you want a meal, or do we not want to overstay our welcome? I suppose perhaps we could come back at around the dinner time. Perhaps his daughter will have awoken by then, and maybe we could speak with her after we finish speaking with this supposed mage. Sure. Yeah. Barney will leave. Barney will leave. Barney will leave. Yeah, you leave, because I told you to. Yeah, okay. Steve. <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> yeah, so Steel just look at the guy, kind of tip his non-existent cap, and he will leave. Alright, so you guys leave. He gives you the directions to get back into town and go to Abernard Royster's house. And Abernard lives at this one right here, number 41. He... Ugh, we walked right past his house! Well, there wasn't a tower, we didn't know. That's a very good point. If they had had a tower, we would have known. As we're walking through town, Barnabas is keeping an eagle eye out for any sort of food market. Okay. You would actually see that the market in town is this area at the northern part of town. This Does is... it look like a food wait, market? Wait, that's a slave market? Since they're slavers? They have all sorts of things, and you can definitely smell some food coming from that direction. Okay, probably best if we do not bring cabbage in that direction. He's a mechanical dinosaur that craves food. Yeah, I can't... Uh, so, there's a very funny story with how I named her. But suffice it to say is that if there's any sort of leafy greens in that area, we might have a problem. Bonnie, I don't know why you still put blinders on that thing. Well, it's, I have done that before, yes. I, I cannot explain what it is. I've tried to remove this sort of bug in her program or whatever it is, but... She just goes crazy every time. I, I don't know. I've never been able to fix it. Can she smell the lettuce? I don't think so. It's like some supernatural ability to notice it is there. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that we should be careful. Well, if you're hungry, you should have stayed with him. No, I'm not hungry. I just want to make sure that we don't have a problem. We don't need that. So you guys head to the house of Abernard Royst. Ugh, I'm made to live in a house. <laughs> if you knock on the door, it is answered by a human man who has long white hair and a long white beard. He will open the door and he'll say, Oh, yes, good day. What can I do for you? Why don't you have a tower? Uh, I don't understand. Are you a mage? I am. Why do you not have a tower? 
Well, who, who's to say that all mages have to have towers? Everyone knows this. You are a foolish mage. I just feel like there's a proper way to do these things, you know? I wish to be relatively inconspicuous. Plus, the zoning laws of Fort Inevitable don't allow for residential areas to be above a certain height. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. This makes sense. This makes sense. I, I apologize. Hi, hi, I'm Ling. N nice to meet you, Lang. I'm Abernard Royce. You're looking for adventurers? Ah, oh, yes, yes. Come in, please. Come in. And he will usher you into his house. And as soon as you mention that, his demeanor, you know, he perks up quite a bit. Yes, yes, I have been looking for a group such as yourselves, I confess. You're not quite what I would have expected, but I won't judge. What were you expecting? You know, not necessarily... Well, that's not... We won't mention that. Anyway... Oh, please, please, go ahead. No, no, please. Go ahead. Please. Go ahead. Finish your sentence. Go ahead. Which one of us were you not expecting? Yes, um, please. Specifically. He looks from Arashk to Lang to Cabbage and then kind of does it backwards and he says, Well, you know, I can't say that I would have expected this dinosaur to be part of a party of adventurers. Yeah, dinosaurs are weird. Yeah, you don't see them very often. Nice say, nice say. Yeah, you see, well, he did not look at me, so that means I am normal, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah well, we were expecting a mage with a tower, and you don't have a tower, so we're all full of disappointments. Let's get to move on. <laughs> no, listen, I mean, if you don't wish to help me, I'll just look for another group of adventurers no, to no, take no, my maybe, coin. Maybe I'm just saying next time, don't don't be so rude. That's all I'm saying. Okay, let's move on. Speaking of coin, your, your, your ad was a bit vague. What are the finer details? Ah, yes. You see, if I put too much specific details on the ad, I'd never get to any inquiries, so the fact that you've come all this way with little information tells me that you're pretty serious about what I might have to offer. Are you familiar with the Emerald Spire? I don't believe so. I, I don't have any ah, history. Fantastic! That's great news. Even better that you know nothing about it. So... Five miles from here, there is a clearing in the woods. It's very odd. It's almost a perfectly circular clearing. Uh, if you venture to it, you would see that the trees, they grow very tall until a certain point, and then from there on in this clearing, there's nothing. Except for this giant crystal green structure that we've come to call the Emerald Spire. It is a dungeon very deep. No one knows how deep it goes because everyone who ventures in either dies or is too scared to go further. I am fascinated by this. You see, I was once a great adventurer myself, but I'm up there in years and I don't risk my life so much anymore, so I, I don't wish to do it myself. But for the right party, I would love to hire someone to go in and map out this structure. You see, the people here, they think that this dates back to the time of Aslant, that the Aslanti built this structure, and while that may be true, I... something about it just doesn't seem right. I think it's deeper than that, and I want to know more. I want to know... I want to get to the bottom of it, to the very bottom of how far this dungeon goes. So what do you say? Are you up for it? A little dungeon exploration? What's the price? 
Well, you see, that depends on how much work you do. There's a considerable amount of gold that I've been able to acquire from my colleagues in Daggermark, and we're willing to pay quite a, a sum for any maps that you come back. Like, what's considerable? Entertain me. Numbers, man. Oh, I don't want to show my hand until I know that there's some interest there. Is there anyone else interested in these maps? Oh, yeah, I, I'm quite fond of maps. Yeah, we could probably go ask somebody else if they wanted us to do that. Probably. Certainly, but no one in this town has the funds to pay you like I can. Is this a uh, spire, you call it? Uh, you said it is a dungeon. Does it... So it, it goes down, or does it go up? No, there's... There's a, there's a structure on the surface, and after that it's all underground, from what I know. We don't have much information on it, because, like I said... Many adventurers that go in don't come back out. Those that do, they get maybe two, maybe three levels down, and they don't like to speak about what they've seen inside. So, so is it up and down? No, there's just the, the one structure on the surface and then down. Ah, I was just curious. I thought perhaps that you wanted us to clear it so that you could use it as your tower. Oh, don't be absurd. I wouldn't go ten feet within that place. Oh, okay. Maybe this will give you a sense of how much I'm willing to pay. He goes over to, like, a dresser, and he opens it, and he pulls out something. He has a piece of, it looks like a silvery substance. It's like a sliver. And he says, this is sky metal no qual. This is a substance that has a resistance to magic, which is just fascinating. This piece, as you can see, is no larger than the joint of my finger. It kind of looks like a chip from a sculpted item with a serrated edge on it. This is very precious to me. I've been studying it, and as you can tell, it appears to be broken off from something. If you were to find any more of this substance, perhaps where this came from, I would be willing to give you 1,500 gold. When he pulls the thing out, Barnabas's eyes kind of light up a little bit, and he kind of says, "He's so this uh, sky metals that you are talking about, what do you think would be, how, how easy do you think it would be to work into some sort of crafting endeavor? I'm not sure. I don't know how much of this exists. If you find a lot of it in the dungeon, it's possible if you study the materials, it may be able to work it into some sort of crafting. Um, I'm studying it purely for its magical or non-magical properties. Barnabas looks at Cabbage, kind of studies him a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think that would look very nice, actually, yes. Although maybe it's flammable. That could be nice, too. So, like I was saying, I'm willing to pay 1,500 gold for this. So that should give you some indication as to what might be in store for you, depending on how far you go. And of course, I completely acknowledge that areas further down than what most adventurers are able to, to go might pose more danger and thus would require more funds. Fully prepared to pay for your troubles. Now you mentioned there's some previous people who went down. Do you know any that are still here? I do not know. They usually don't stick around. Although, I do I remember hearing there is an order of mages in town here. 
maybe if we can talk to them, it might help give us information so we can get more maps made for you. Yeah, well, as far as I am concerned, I am amenable to this plan. I, I do enjoy making maps. I, I would only ask that perhaps you provide us with the parchment because I, I do not have any parchment on me that I could use to make any maps. So he'll he'll basically say there is there is the leader of the Golden Fire Order from Thornkeep who's here. They have been studying portals surrounding the spire. As I've heard it, a couple of their acolytes went into the structure itself and have not been seen from and they were looking for a group of adventurers to enter the structure to search out these wizards. So it's possible if you were to find these wizards, they may be able to give you some information on the spire itself. But as I have mentioned, they are not with us here. They are still in the structure somewhere. I say, you look at the group. Why don't we converse this uh, afternoon and see if we can commit to some terms? Are we in agreement? Yeah, like I said, as long as I have the parchment, I can make a map. Great. Well, while you're here, I'm sure you'll be looking for lodging. Is that correct? Wouldn't mind a bit. All right. Well, there is a tap house called the Helm's Lady, and it's run by a dwarven woman who was once an adventurer herself, and now her sons are adventurers, not in this area, but she does love to take in adventurers herself, so I'm sure she would be more than happy to bring you into her inn if you wish a place to stay. It's actually pretty near here if you just head to the fountain and turn right. It's a building with a, a big red roof on it. That's what I would recommend. Otherwise, the other inn in town is favorite stop of the Hell Knights, and I wouldn't suggest associating with them too much. Do they charge at the Hell Lady? I'm not sure. You'll have to ask her. I'm sure her rates are reasonable, especially if you mention that you're former adventurers. Not former, but you are adventurers. They have excellent beer there. I highly recommend it. Oh, then I think I know where I am going. Well, then. I do like beer. Yeah. I think that this will be a mutual relationship. I look forward to it. If you can give me a response, we can make the arrangements. I can point you in the direction of where the spire is, and... You can get to it. Still turn the others. Do we need time to think? Or... I, I am good with this plan. Yeah, again, I just need the parchment. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I can get you parchment. He will go back to his dresser and he will pull out 25 sheets of parchment and hand it to you. Can I trust that you'll be good to us? If we find out that each level is all the more deadly, that our compensation will be adequate. Yes, trust me, I fully acknowledge the dangers of further descending into the spire, and I will make sure to adjust the compensation accordingly. What could go wrong? Oh, you could die. Yes, and then you luck out and don't have to pay anyone, don't you? Well, let's go have us a beer, talk about it, and then I guess we're going to visit a tower tomorrow. Ah, yes, yeah, so are we in agreement then? You have made your decision, or do you need more time to think about it? I'm good. Good. Delightful. I, I'm very excited. So, yes, if you head outside of town and head east for about five miles through the woods, there's unfortunately there's no road to get there to travel through the woods. But trust me, if you head due east right outside of the north gate, 
you will find yourself. I was yourself. gonna say something. <laughs> I was going to as well. I was gonna be like, oh, do we head outside of the north gate if we're headed east? <laughs> was the east gate that goes north? That goes north? You will find yourself there, and trust me, you will notice when you get there. The clearing cannot be mistaken. I'm sure I can find it. Alright, well, we'll take our leave. Pleasure doing business with you. I look forward to what you bring back from the spire. Us too. And see you leave. Yeah. Yup. Alright. You guys head to the tavern? I feel like as soon as we shut the door, Steel looked to Barney and are you really seriously considering plating up your dinosaur in a magic-resistant metal? I, I mean, one of the major reasons that I came out on this adventure was to find strange materials with which to work, and this seems like a very interesting material. And let me just say, one of the few weaknesses of my magnificent design is saving throws. So, some sort of magic resistance would be very nice. One of my, what do we say, weaknesses is a lack of beer. So I know where I'm going. Yes, yes, we should go to the tap house. So you guys go to the tap house and you're able to find it pretty easily. You go to the fountain in the middle, which is actually a statue of a half elf. And you can see there's actually like a plaque on this and it says the name Tarwina liberator of the people from the goblin kingdom of Zog. It says all of that on the sign? Yeah, it's like a plaque. Like at a museum, it has like Terwin and then underneath oh, like a black. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's a very ironic plaque. It's emblazoned on her forehead. Um, <laughs> it's a cool tattoo. So, and you actually can see that there is a message board nearby that seems to be like a place where you can post notices on this board. You turn to your right, and you can see, like he said, there's a large building with a red roof, and there is a wooden sign hanging outside that says the Helmed Lady. And if you go inside, you can see that it is bustling with people. It's probably around dinner time, so there are people at the tables, and they're laughing and having a good time. You see a uh, you see lots of, like, barmaids and assistants running around and delivering beer. You come in and a short dwarven woman immediately walks up to the door and she goes, Hello, how can I help you today? Are you here for you know, dinner or just drinks or what can I do for you? You were told that you could provide rooms. Ah, sure can. We do have some rooms available. How many are you looking for? I believe there are four of us. How many beds per room? There's two twin beds per room. I think Bonnie and I can bunk up. God, that's just fine with me. Alright, do you need boarding for your pet? Oh, no, she will be fine inside of the room. She does not sleep. Oh, interesting. Alright. So, one room for the two of you. Would you rather one bed? I can do that, too. If that's uh, your sort of no, relationship. No. Sneak okay. looks at uh, Barney and Mr. Cheaper. Are you guys together like that I never realized that is no that is wonderful no I am married to my work hello I'm work oh <laughs> I got that one that's really funny <laughs> alright well um, I can get you one with two beds that's not a problem for you other two do you also wish to share a room or you want separate rooms 
we were told that you might be able to provide us with rooms uh, at a discounted rate. Uh, we are headed to uh, the Spire for the Mage Man here in town. Uh, the, he recommended use to us. The Mage Man, yeah, certainly, I'm sure. Yeah, so you were referred to us by Royst, is that what I'm to understand? Your, the Mage Man is Abernard Royst. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, the, the one without a tower. Yes. Yes. The the towerless mage. Yes. All right. Well. Yeah. Since you were referred to, I can give you a, a discount. It will be five silver pieces per night. Okay. I will. I uh, will take my own room. All right. So you want your own room? How long do you plan on staying? Uh, play this night by night. I I do not want to pay ahead of time. All right. I will say, I, unfortunately, I can't reserve rooms without payment. So, you know, if it gets busy, then, you know, we may book up. But there are other inns in town if that were to happen, but they won't give you quite the discount that I can. But sure, we can start with one night if that's what you want to do. For the rest of you, are you all just staying one night? Yeah, for now, since okay. we don't know if we will really survive the tower yet. Ah, yes. You know, it's a quite dangerous. Uh, my sons are actually adventurers, but... I forbade them from going there because that place is just something else. You know, there's sounds that come from inside that that would chill my blood. But kudos to you if you're able to get in there and go. There are not too many success stories, but maybe you'll be the the, the lucky ones, perhaps. What kind of sound? Oh, well, there was one of the, the kids was running through and his face was white as a sheet. And he was talking about barking sounds and laughing and... Uh, shapes dancing around. It was real strange, but... Sounds kind of fun. Sounds like a party. It may actually be a party. I'm not sure. I've never been there. Well, I guess uh, I have a drink or two and then... We do have a bathroom. And by that, I don't mean a place where you do your duties. I mean, a truly, it is a room where you can take a bath if you want that. If you want cold water, it'll be only two copper. If you want hot water, it's six copper. Do you have any bird bath? A bird bath? Uh, I can't say. I think that was a center of town. What what ah, all yes, goes into that? I'm sure we can accommodate for the right price. No, no, no. I don't want to pay for it. I will, well, I will just use the fountain in the middle of town. <laughs> we just see a flat in it. <laughs> You're gonna get arrested so fast. Oh man, this party's awesome. All right, I wouldn't recommend that, but if you're feeling. <laughs> rebellious, then you go for it. But I will tell you that the Hellmast patrol quite regularly, and uh, if they catch you, it may not be a pleasant thing, but for two copper, I can give you the same experience, but in a nice private room. Okay, I will I will take it. Two copper. Alright, alright. Well, I will make sure to prepare that for you. The rest of you, if you wish a bath, you just speak with me or one of my assistants, and we can get that going for you. Unfortunately, we only have two rooms with baths at the moment, so there may be a bit of a delay, but we'll make sure to get you taken care of. And she'll go back over to the the bar, and she'll go behind the bar, and she'll pull out. Uh, so, Shnee and Arash were each getting your own rooms, is that correct? No, Shnee was with Barney. Shnee was with Barney. I mean, yeah, Lang. In one, in one uh, yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So she will pull. She will bring back three keys. She will hand one to uh, Shnee, one to Lang, and one to Arash. Thank you. She'll say, all right, well, if you head up the stairs, each of your keys has a number on it, and it corresponds to your room. You'll find on the first floor, there is, in the back, is where the two bathrooms are. 
So if you would just give us a moment, we can get those prepared for anybody that wants to take advantage of that. Again, it's going to be a little bit longer if you want hot water, but if you're okay with cold water, we can get that ready for you right away. But we'll have to heat up the water otherwise. But other than that, you know, we'll be serving dinner here soon. Today it is lamb stew on the menu with fresh baked bread. Pretty good if I do say so myself. And the beer is always on tap Yeah, if you want a drink or two. I look forward to your business. Schneel kind of head up to the room to kind of put away some of the stuff. What are the rest of you guys doing? I know... He'll take a cold bath. Yeah. A cold bird bath. Yep. And then bed. Okay, so you're taking a cold bath going right to bed. Uh, Rosh, what are you doing? Uh, Rosh wants a bath. He'll, he'll take one of the hot ones. Okay, alright, so they'll get that ready for you. And Barney, what are you planning on doing? You said it was six copper? Six copper for a hot bath. He'll give her a whole silver, tell her to keep it, and uh, that's all. Okay. Mr. Moneybags over here. That's me. Barney, what are you doing? Uh, He's going to go up to the room with Cabbage, and he's going to get Cabbage in the center of the room, and he's going to give the command, Pass auf, which is the closest thing I could find immediately to the watch command, and Cabbage's eyes are going to glow red as she slowly, like like a sentry gun, just like looks back and forth at intervals. Exterminate. Exterminate. <laughs> and uh, she will just do that for the next several hours. So, uh, when Barney comes upstairs, Sneer, look at him. So, uh, do you think that guy's going to be mad that we self-imposed ourselves for dinner and that we didn't show? Yeah, I don't really know. I see... I don't know if we made a very good impression to begin with, so he's probably actually quite happy about it. Sneak kicks off his boots and kind of jumps in one of the beds. Well, it wasn't on me. I thought I was a gentleman. Yeah, I I just let it get to me. It really annoys me when I see things like this that just don't make sense. Such an easy fix as well. Bah. Sneak will uh, flick off the cork on the wine that we got from that guy and start taking some swigs from it. It won't sell. Yeah, that'd be very good. And if this were a movie, we would cut to a scene of Carolyn, and he has pulled he out. He ha- he's pulled out the his big table, and he's meticulously <laughs> set place settings for each of them. He even was able to uh, write up name cards based on the Aww. names that you gave him. Yeah, there's no way he went through that much effort. Next time you Not see after him, the encounter we had. It, it cuts to him and uh, the table's filled with a nicely cooked goose and some roasted potatoes. Really? He's going to cook a goose. Really? <laughs> For the dingo. <laughs> dingo, he cooks bird. All right. Alright, I'm glad I didn't go. Yep, he he sits there and you see him and he's smiling, sitting in his chair and then he looks at his watch and he looks at the door and time goes on, the smile falls off his face before finally he takes the the goose and he just dumps it in the garbage can. He goes to bed. Dramatic. Dude, that must be Kieran's grandfather. (laughs) Don't you talk about Kieran's grandfather. He's got a glaive in the back like, I'm going to get them adventures. (laughs) Simple plan playing in the background. uh, For my my ancestor, Boobladon the Blue. (laughs) Bibbidly Bobbidly. The Blue. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, uh, Schnee will probably drink not all the wine, but some of it, and then he will probably get some of the food downstairs, uh, with some beer. I don't know if Barney or the other crew would go down, but that's what he would do. 
Barney's actually kind of excited about tomorrow, so... Excited to die? I don't think we're going to die on the first day, at least I don't plan to. Yeah, I mean, I'm not excited about dying, but it does seem rather exciting being able to map out a new place. We've walked from months on end to a new place. Yeah, but these were... People know about these places. It sounds like not many people have gone to the bottom of this tower, so... I don't know if because they are smart not to, but there's coin to be had. A little bit more, and I can buy my farm and have all the cute and cuddly creatures I want. Gotta get me an alpaca. Yeah, I just want to make cabbage into a sky metal dinosaur. Sure. That would be the centerpiece on the farm. Yeah, I just want money. That's all. Hopefully he keeps paying us and we don't die. Alright, so you guys have your baths, each of you that want a bath. You partake of beer and dinner and then you retire to bed and sleep a restful night as it's been some time since you've slept in a nice bed. And the next morning you can hear a lot of activity from outside as the town wakes up and begins their normal routine. What would you like to do? Is there anything that you want to do in town before you head out? Or would you be gathering and kind of heading out early? Sneeze got some things to relinquish for some gold. He will find some traders. Okay, so do you want to like go to a dedicated place for these items? Or are you just looking for like the market, the general market? Am I talking to what's her name there? Oh, are you talking to me? I'm sorry. I don't know. The Southern Twinks are coming out, so I didn't know if we were RPing or not. Well, we certainly can. What are you looking for? Well, whoever would give me the highest price. Oh, well, you might have to, you know, go around a bit and see, but you've got Tom Braddon at the general store. He is located quite nearby. If you just head to the fountain and head north, he is at the general store. And out of curiosity, which north are you talking about? (laughs) Schnee has his own compass, so he pulls that out so he knows where to go. I'm sorry, I guess I don't really understand what you mean by that. No, you it's just, just your north gate. Okay. Alright, interesting. Well, a good friend of mine, Mormuk Goldfoot, he's a nice dwarf man. He runs the mercantile. Can try him. Sounds good. I'll go to him. Alright, well, he's located back by the Juliver Gate. You know, directly across the road from where you met Abernard. So, Sneel will kind of relate to the party that that's what he's going to do. We had one potion of Cure Light Wounds. Are we giving that to anybody in particular? Because I, I just added it to the list, but I don't know if anybody wanted it per se. Metagaming, but uh, I think it probably should go to the monk. <laughs> yes. It For reasons. Go. Well, I can potentially buy buy more, so I'll... Um... So is there anything you think we're going to need, shopping-wise? A list? Did we receive that 1500 up front? No. <laughs> no. Just like the whole, the whole lump sum, by <laughs> chance? No. Definitely not. Didn't he have some cloaks of resistance laying around or something he could give us? I mean... Did he Did he want to give us like some of it up front? No. Like $100? $100? $100? Alright, Snee's just going to leave then. He <laughs> <So he> just <laughs> walks out when you guys are bantering about the north gate nonsense and whatnot so he goes to the mercantile okay so yep you would go to the mercantile and you can get the fair value for the products so assuming half value for everything except would it be half value or the price you gave me for the earring and the bracelet is the set value right yeah the sale I think value? those are like 
trade goods, so I would say that those are full okay. value. So selling everything would have gotten more, but somebody else had to snag a Masterwork Lace Crossbow. That is 234 gold and 50 silver. And then you wanted to get potions from that, or...? I guess at least maybe one or two if we can find some Cure Light. I'd take a potion. I gave that to you, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Lang, here's the... Uh, so you got the Cure Light wounds from the um, bandits that we dispatched. So the only thing that I have that we didn't sell was I kept the small centipede poison and we have the half-drank bottle of wine. If you want potions, there is Sefford's Potions and Reagents. Alright, so he'll go... We can skip the RP if you want. He'll okay. just buy two Cure uh, Light if they have one. Okay, yeah, he... <laughs> you go in and you see, and the man there is very oily and kind of rat-like. Is and... he a rat No, he's, not... he's a human. <laughs> he's a human, but he he kind of speaks with a lisp. And yeah, if you if you ask for potions, he does have two cure light wounds potions available, and he pulls them out. And they definitely you know they're definitely cure light wounds, but they kind of have some other particles inside. Just they're may not be the down. most sanitary <laughs> potions, but they definitely are cure light potions. So he will buy those. Did you not do this to us the last time you GM'd a game for us? Didn't the, that happen in Ire of the Storm? Ire, it was like the we had to roll the chart and <laughs> yeah. see what added effects those potions right. had. Those bad potions. It was, it was the trip down. Yeah, it was the Cheech and Chong halfling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, these there's these are actually like 100% cure light wounds, but it's just his establishment. A added flavor. Yeah. You can tell, looking around his establishment, that his forte is more unpleasant than just, like, potions. He he definitely spends more of his time crafting, like, a wide array of poisons. So, he does have potions. He can make potions on demand if you require or if you request of him. But he does care more about, like poisons and more unsavory potions. I guess Snee would ask him I guess not to put a deposit down but that they potentially would be coming back for more so if you could just have some more on hand you'd appreciate it. Can you go back to the group with those two? Thanks. Okay. Alright. Hey, Lang. Mm. I got these potions here from a special alchemical vendor. They have some additive properties that are going to be a better boon I think for you so I'll take that Kill light off your hands and give you these two in exchange. Fair trade. He'll look at him and see the floaties and be like, uh, "No, I'm I'm quite okay with the ones that I have. You you can you can use the additives. I'm I'm totally fine. My my body is a temple. I'd like to keep it that way." <laughs> it is fine. I I will keep this one without the um <clears throat> additives. Alright, is there anything else that you, anyone wishes to do in town? Nope, I think Barnabas woke up promptly at 5 o'clock in the morning and spent an hour Does maintaining... Does Cabbage have an alarm? Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, I guess with that I need to choose. So, I don't know what we're going to run into. I will gamble with animals again as my favorite enemy type. Alright. So you guys gather together, you stock up on some supplies, and you head out through the north gate, 
heading east. So the other um, the other potion I will give to Josh. I'll probably give that to you. Great. Uh, potion of Cure Light. Yep. Cure Light Wounds um, heals for 1d8 plus 1.5. That 0.5 for the floaties and will not make a difference. Okay. So it rounds down. Yeah, point yeah five. it does. <laughs> 0.5 rounds down, but the floaties just give a little added bonus. <laughs> like a flavor guidance. <laughs> flavor uh... guidance. Love it. There's a part of me that really wants to do something stupid, but I'm not going to. You do it, do it. What have we have not done stupid things this whole session? Burn down the slave market. Well, I mean, oh, in no. time. That's, the that's something. That's, that, 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 that is well, bad. no, not with them inside. In time, that might be a long-term goal for this man. <laughs> but I kind of wanted to set off some fireworks, just as a show of rebel. But do you not. want to be arrested? That that was the thing. He, he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't. Want to that's how you get arrested. If they give me the nails, I'm gonna do it. Oh, they got dark fast. <laughs> they give me the nails. I'm gonna. Who's gonna it. kill him first? Oh my gosh! Got so dark so fast. <laughs> Hello, chaotic neutral. <laughs> That's not neutral. It's evil. <laughs> no, they're paying me. That makes sense. <laughs> oh man, it's not evil if you get paid. If you get paid, it's not evil. <laughs> hey, as a follower of Avatar, if there's reimbursement, how could it possibly be evil? Not whatsoever. So, the interesting thing is that as you guys leave through the north gate and head east, you find yourselves actually traveling northeast. And because if I show you a map of the Echo Wood... So, if you go to your journal, which looks like an open book, you should have some items in your journal. And under regional map, you can pull up the Echo Wood and you can see Fort Inevitable and the Emerald Spire. So. I head straight for the Pit of Chains. Okay. The Pit of Chains. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Enjoy your stay. So it is five miles to get from Fort Inevitable to the Emerald Spire. And most of it is going through some pretty thick forest. So you guys, you're walking through the forest, and as you're making your journey there, the clouds come in and it begins to rain. It's not like a storm, it's just a steady rain, and the air becomes more cool as you continue on. But you're kind of moving through the, the forest, and then all of a sudden, just like Abernard Royst mentioned, you find yourselves stepping into a clearing. And the clearing... Just as he said, there's no trees that grow in this area. It's all of the trees you can see are like leaning inward as if they would grow into that area, but there's nothing. Instead, what you see is a giant structure, green crystal. You can see that some of it looks like it was meant to be designed as towers, but it appears to have fallen into ruin. And the interesting thing is that it looks like the area around this tower is very dark, even though it is truly like the middle of the day. And as you're standing there listening, you do hear the echoing sounds of babbling, occasional raspy barking, and laughter that seem to echo through this clearing from the structure. Well, it's just as the stories say, let's 
Nothing that's not ominous. That's pretty creepy. Yeah. Sounds like a bit of a party. <laughs> well, hopefully it is a bit of fun. Are you still excited for it, Barney? Oh yeah, I'm very excited. I'll be like 30 feet away from the rest of you, so... I don't know... <laughs> I don't think we'll die. At least... Yeah, well, if you see something dangerous, let me know so that I can leave. Of course, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd hate for you to be in danger, Barney. They just, just make me so sad. Barney, if you see me running towards you, then you should be running in the same direction. Yeah, understood. I guess my thoughts are, depending on how much parchment you got, and how long it takes you to uh, correct maps, maybe you should create a duplicate, you know, for safekeeping. A, a duplicate map? Yeah, wouldn't hurt in case we found anyone else that may uh, request some maps for coin. Oh, I see, what you, I see what you mean, yeah, yeah, okay. Guess we paired in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right, we had gentlemen, there's nothing more to delay. All right. Barnabas waits for everybody else to start walking and then follows. <laughs> okay. You head into the clearing towards this structure. As you get closer, you can actually see that it's kind of up on a cliff of sorts. And there is a stone staircase that leads up. So as you approach this staircase, you can see that it's actually nothing more than just rubble-strewn cliff. If you are to climb it, it's probably going to be difficult terrain, stepping over blocks of rubble that have collapsed. But the dirt path does wind up to a steep embankment that leads to a pitch black doorway. And I will move us to a new map. As you guys approach, you find that all of a sudden, the light just becomes pitch black as you are walking up this dirt road. That's that's not normal. Ah, perhaps we need some sort of torch. Shnee will pull one out because he cannot see without it. Guy can't see either. So you pull out a torch to light a torch, and you light Bonnie, it can up. Can you help me find the torch here? I cannot see. Oh. You light the torch, and you find that it lights up five feet around you. But outside of that, it is just engulfed in darkness. Well, this is some unnatural darkness. I can only see five feet in front of me. That's not ideal. I, I can see a bit further than you. Uh, here, oh. and he will hand you a, a handful of torches. Oh, what do you mean, not ideal? I'm just the residential archer. What do I need to see? Oh, flame hair doesn't put off any light. <laughs> his, his hair is on fire. So maybe just That's what I'm off. saying. Like, doesn't he put off, like few feet of light? I mean, he's on fire. Can I, like, tie a rope with a torch to cabbage? Just, like, <laughs> have a torch tied to cabbage or something? Okay, so you want to tie a torch to cabbage? I love yeah. that idea. Yeah, why not? Why not? That's fine. I'm <laughs> yes. just, I didn't have him set up to do torches. Is it raining, too? It yeah. Raining. Yep, I told you it was raining. It's outside and it is this dark. Alright, so you see this path ahead of you, but after that it's engulfed in darkness. Except for those of you that have dark vision and can see. What is this path like jagged rocks or like what's to the right of us? 
Yeah, yep. So this is all difficult terrain, so you have to move slowly and carefully in order to step over the, the rocks. Well, I guess those who dark vision lead, and uh, we will follow. So you guys begin inching your way up the path. I want all of you to roll me a perception check. Okay. Minus like a, a bajillion. I rolled a 20. Okay, so Lang got a 20. Should I you 13? Barnabas got an 18 and Cabbage got a 10. Okay, so Barn Barney got a t 18, Shni got a 13, and Rosh got a what? 17. 17? Okay. Yep, 17. Alright, so looking at those rolls, Lang and Barney and Arashk. So the three of you, as you're moving up this, you hear the sound of it sounds like language. What languages do you guys speak? Okay, so Lang speaks common, Tengu, Orin, and Ignin. Interesting. Barney speaks common, Gnome, Sylvan, Dwarven, and Kelish. And Arashk speaks common, Ignin, Osiriani, Gnome, and Elven. So none of you guys are able to deduce what this language is or what is being said. But it does sound sort of like a very out-of-tune, off-key song, sort of. Can I make a linguistics check? Sure. Roll linguistics. Ten. Uh, with a ten, you're not able to determine what the language is, but you definitely can't understand what is being said. And it's coming from directly above you. So when you guys are moving up this path, you're moving up at an incline, and then the path ahead of you, for those of you that have dark vision, it curves around and almost heads like in the direction that you're coming from but up further and this this language this music is coming from up above where you can't see yet do you, i'm assuming you guys relay that yeah okay schnee will take a second to equip his buckler okay and then continue forward okay are you carrying your torch in the other hand i was carrying it in the buckler hand in the buckler hand? Okay. Right, so well, your buckler. I guess you're right, yeah. I'll do the buckler, and then I'll do the torch in the one hand. Okay. My uh, main hand, yeah. Okay. All right, sounds good. You continue onward. As you guys turn the corner, Cabbage and Arashk, because both of you have dark vision, you see two figures. Oh, they're just goblins. And as you guys are moving, are you, or have you been trying to move quietly, or are you... Just... I'm on fire. <laughs> yeah, my my metal dinosaur made of wearing gears and such is so quiet. Go ahead and everybody roll me a stealth check anyway, and we'll see. Holy crap, it is quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you Run can reset that puppy before we went or something. Aww, <laughs> the, the man on, on fire. fire. The man on fire, that makes sense. Like like, like I, I, I'm literally a source of, of walking light. Light. I'd ask, please stop with the fireworks. You don't need to show it off anymore. Are you rolling their perception? I don't think they can lose to a one, Sarah. Well, yeah. They do have a penalty because they're sticking to themselves. But with... Okay, so we have Lang got a 13. Barney got a 13. Cabbage got a natural 20 for a 23. Arashk rolled a natural one for a one. <laughs> and Shni rolled a 24. 
Yeah, so we're stealthy. So surprisingly, one of the characters with dark vision is being very sneaky. The one behind him got too confident in his abilities and tripped over a loose piece of rock and fell flat on his face. And died. Ooh, you're starting prone. And as that happens, you hear the singing stop. And all of a sudden, we're going to roll initiative. And Cabbage and Arashk will be able to act as you both can see. The others will not act in the surprise round. And we'll get this party started. Well, there's some solid initiatives. Yeah, I got a 17. Right. <laughs> Actually, we're going to have to have some roll-offs. Arashk. Oh my gosh, we are again. Really? Oh, really? Stop rolling yeah, the same thing. It's not my fault. Luckily, mine and Jason's are not the same. I think mine is the only one that's different. I've had to roll off every initiative. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Come on, natural 20 again. Lang, what's your initiative? 17. 17? Okay. Also, I have low light vision. I don't know if that helps with the torches. It does not in this situation. Nope. This is a a special case. Unfortunately, your low light vision does not help you. Supernatural darkness. It is something. Next, we have Schnee for initiative. What do you have? I have 16.5. Okay. Second, 17, but I'm less than. Than Lang? Okay. Arashk. 18. Okay. And Barney. I got a 17. Higher or lower than Lang? I only have a plus two. Mine's, I think mine's the lowest initiative bonus. Sure, we should go Arashk, myself, Lang, then Barney. Arashk. Oh, Arashk, then Schnee. Then Lang. Okay, I had Lang ahead of you. Alrighty, so in the surprise round, up first is Arashk. You get a mover standard. I uh, accidentally clicked bomb, so let's do a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Man, he has jumped the gun. He's already thrown a bomb. Alright, let's do this. (laughs) Alright, so ping for me where, like, are you aiming for somebody or are you aiming for an intersection? Okay, so you're aiming for that person right there. Alright, go ahead. What? I think I can, actually, maybe. I only have 20 feet. Okay. I mean, it's range increments, so you can... Yeah, I can do it still. It's just gonna... Or you could move up and do it, too. I don't even know what you're lobbing at. I'd have to five-foot step, so... And I can't, because Simon is in... Oh, because it's a surprise round, right? It's also also difficult terrain, so you wouldn't be able to. That's the nice thing, is what I've done here is I've actually put down difficult terrain on the map. So if you are using the measuring tool, it should factor into your distance. Oh, so that it doesn't would make... for you. No. It doesn't. We'll figure that out later, but for right now. Okay, so anyways, I throw the bomb and I roll a 14. Okay, 14 against touch will hit. And minus range increment. Yeah, so minus 2 because it's outside your range increment. That will miss. So then we will do a d8 starting with that as one. Okay, and it moves clockwise? Yes. Okay, so you really only have one, two, three, and then there's wall, and then... Wall will just, like, put it, like, hidden to, like, one wherever it would be, you know what I mean? Okay, go ahead and roll your d8. One, two, three, four, five. So behind. So it just gets him. Okay. The goblin takes the splash. Okay. All right. But, like, 
It hits off the wall and then just splashes on him. That's it. And they do get a reflex save, correct? Uh, yeah. Okay, so reflex. You have precise bomber? No. Are they firebombs? Yes. Yeah, those caught in the splash damage can attempt a reflex save for half damage. So they rolled a 17 on their reflex. That beats the DC. Okay. So I believe it takes two points of damage. So it takes two points of damage. Okay. Two points of damage. Excellent. And that was your standard action, and you do have a move action if you want to. No, it's a surprise round. Oh, surprise surprise round. I'm sorry. Yep, you're correct. All right. So in the surprise round after Arash, we have Cabbage would be able to go next. So Cabbage, seeing the creatures and the bomb go off, would go into his, like, or sorry, her uh, eyes would flash yellow like a warning alarm. But since I haven't had a chance to give the attack command, basically just taking a defensive stance and uh, waiting, giving an alarm and waiting for a command. Because I I don't think that Cabbage can attack without me giving a command first. Okay. Next we come to... The one person that some of you can see and some of you can't, we've already mentioned, is a goblin. The goblin's going to bark something out in a language that none of you understand, and then is going to fire a bow at the one in front, which is cabbage. So that will be a natural 19. So I think that's going to hit. Goodness gracious. Who is he attacking? Cabbage. So that's going to be three points of damage to Cabbage. Great. Okay. That is their turn. Next, we have the companion with this goblin. And this this creature you can see is, like, wanting to run forward, but is not. And is just growling and drooling. And is going to effectively total defense where it's standing. Now we come to regular initiative with the top of round one. We have Arashk going first. Okay. We're getting very careful hard work to do. Okay, I thought. <laughs> bomb. Do you move or you oh, stay bomb. back? Oh, bomb. Okay. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll move up before he goes so he's not outside the range of me. Okay. All right. So you move. This squid. Okay, so go ahead and roll your bomb against the goblin. I did. Alright, what'd you roll? I rolled a 17. Okay, that will hit their touch AC. How much damage? Six fire. Okay. Boom. Then the dog need reflex save. Okay, dog will roll. Dog will fail. Two. Ooh, that's the natural 20 symbol on my new dice. Okay, okay, so he take two damage. Two damage to dog. Alright. Both still standing. Next we come to Schnee. 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 He will five foot... Well, I guess he can't, so he will move action this way then. Okay. So he will ten foot step... And can't see anything, but um, 
he will... I don't know how it would work with action economy. So I guess he will... When he's moving, he will put his torch in his buckler hand, and then he will pull out his longsword with his main hand. Oh, okay. Alright, so you draw your longsword. Is that your turn? Yeah, because I had to move and then move action. I guess it was kind of like swapping stuff in a way. Okay. See, I'm so used to our high-level play where it's like, I swift action, I immediate action, I free action, and I'm like, this is first level, we don't have much going on yet, so... Yeah, first, first level in pure darkness. Yay! <laughs> it's hit with sword? With big sword. Okay, alrighty, so... Let's take seven damage. Almost go down. Almost go down? Critical hit, and I'm dead? <laughs> yep, times two critical, I'm dead. After Schnee, we have Leng. Do not see what the other fuss is about. Is there something up ahead? I don't. I don't see anything. And he will um, pull out his three-piece staff. Is what I'm going to call it. Okay. I feel like I'm trying to pronounce the real word. Sukan. <laughs> yep, that thing. And he will um, just wait until he can see. Alrighty. So you are waiting. Are you effectively, like, writing an action, or just calling it your turn? No, he'll just fight defensively. Okay. Alright, so you can fight defensively as a standard action, I believe. Well, you can total defense. Total defense as a standard action. Yeah. Now we come to Barney and Cabbage. So Barney just kind of looks around and says, I don't know what is going on, but uh, Cabbage, uh, fast, fast! And... Not having any idea where the enemy, he's just going to give the general command, so I guess Cabbage will just attack the nearest target. Arash? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, okay. Um, Arash will die. <laughs> okay, so Cabbage will run up and attack the dog. So that'll be a bite against the thing. Okay. Ooh, that is a solid eight. Fortunately, an eight is going to miss. Oh, that's too bad. I was really hoping it was going to hurt. All right, so that was Cabbage's turn. And Barney, are you doing anything with Barney, or is he just hanging back? Barney will move action, pull out a crossbow, and move action, load it. Okay. Is he is he support for the other guy? <laughs> he loads his crossbow for him. Oh, that's a good idea, actually. I don't think it would really work all that well, but... Uh... You spend your move action so he has one left over. Since you guys are all pulling out, you know, ranged weapons, I will take an opportunity just to say something that's probably going to make most of you unhappy. Anything beyond five feet of your torches is darkness. Ranged combat and melee attacks with reach have a 50% mischance unless you have dark vision. And creatures without dark vision take a minus four penalty on perception checks that rely on sight. So just keep that in mind that if you're trying to shoot at a at a target that is, you know, say Arashk says, hey, the goblins in this square, you know, whatever, you can try to shoot at it, but it's going to be concealment. So just bear in mind that. With that said, we come to the goblin, who is going to... What are they going to do? They're going to shoot another arrow at the 
thing that's right in front of them, but this will be firing into melee and they don't have precise shots. So this will be a minus four to the attack. Gotta roll another natural 19. 13 to hit. That will not hit. Okay, so their arrow fires off and you, the ones behind, can see this arrow fire in the distance and then disappear into the black. That was their turn. They're going to take a step back. And after them is the dog, who is going to do a full attack on Cabbage, which is only one attack. So this will be a bite attack, which is a 12. So that's going to miss. That misses. And they're going to stand their ground. Top of round two, we have a Roshk. Roshk is not in good place. Uh, um, he's going to try to light up the path for the others, so he's because he's fire, and uh, <laughs> the other dude is also torch man. So he will move to here and total defense. Okay. All right. So that is moving through a threatened square. I think it is. And if that is the case, then we will go there so we can get more light. And I will roll no acrobatics because I can't, because I would go half speed, so I will provoke. You will provoke. Alright, so the attack of opportunity is a five. That that, uh, (laughs) will miss. Okay, so that will miss as the dog is distracted by cabbage and tries to bite at you, but misses hopelessly. And now I am total defense. Alright, you're total defense in the corner. Um, and actually, like, where you are right now, you are on the precipice of the cliff, so don't step backwards or you might and fall. Lost yeah. After Arashk is Schnee. 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 He can Schnee. sneak see Schnee now, I swear to God. <laughs> he can Schnee. <laughs> he can Schnee. Um, can, 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 can Schnee see the... Non goblin dog dog. Yes, you can. Can Schnee do a uh, monster lore? Uh, yes, this would be a knowledge nature. nature. Uh, knowledge natural. Nature. The dog. Nature. So it will be. It should be two higher than that. Uh, it should be a 22 because I have favorite enemy. I mean, oh, I'm assuming it's animal. Yes. Maybe it's not. Yep, so you do you do identify this as a goblin dog. Oh, cool. So for everyone who's not aware, goblin dogs I've never seen one before. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't seen one in forever. It was the last time we played level one. <laughs> so loathed by men and beasts alike, goblin dogs are ugly, stinking, craven, and foul tempered. It's no surprise that goblins find kindred spirits in these shunned, disgusting beasts. Constantly itching, itching, afflicted with a species-wide mange, exacerbated by prolific dander, even the healthiest goblin dog looks sickly and starved. Despite its name, the goblin dog is in fact a species of rodent, grown monstrously large. Their long-legged shape and proclivity to hunt and run in packs earned them their popular name, a name that many goblins actually take issue with, as it galls the average goblin to consider these their favorite mounts, having anything to do at all with actual dogs. Of course, being goblins, they haven't bothered to come up with alternate names for goblin dogs. Perhaps they don't even realize that they can. 
Uh, contact with the goblin dog's infested mangy hide causes most other creatures to break out in hives, a condition known as goblin rash. Goblinoids seem to be immune to this affliction and are fond of keeping goblin dogs as guardians and mounts. Despite their skin conditions and disorders, goblin dogs are highly resistant to disease. Their favorite food is carrion. The riper, the better. That many goblin tribes let their goblin dogs run free in their lairs is the single reason most goblin dens aren't filthier than they actually are. Constantly hungry, a goblin dog eats anything it can chew that it finds left behind by other, more discerning palates. A goblin dog is five feet long, but weighs only 75 pounds. So, with a 22, you could get three pieces of, two pieces of information. Well, I'll say three, because they're common. I don't really know if there's anything super special about them, so just give me three things. Okay. They do have something with their bite called an allergic reaction. I think we dealt with this early on in Rune Lords. Goblin dog's dander is highly irritating to all creatures, save those with the goblinoid subtype. A non-goblinoid creature damaged by a goblin's bite, who deals damage to a goblin dog with a natural weapon or unarmed attack, or who otherwise comes in contact with a goblin dog, including attempts to grapple or ride the creature, must make a DC whatever save, fortitude save, or break out in an itching rash. A creature affected by this rash takes a minus two penalty to dexterity and charisma for one day. Remove disease or any magical healing removes the rash instantly. This is a disease effect. So, unfortunately, the darn construct probably is immune to disease. (laughs) So, goblin dogs have scent. So, even if they can't see, they they can pinpoint your location. And let's see what else would be helpful. I'll just tell you that their AC is 13 and they have 9 hit points. That's specific. Okay, so Schnee will move up, still with Torch in his offhand, sword in main hand, and um, Bonnie, get Kevin to move up so I can get him and smack it. So he will move. He's not ready in action. He's going to end up totaling defense there, but he is just moving up preemptively for next round. Okay. Alright. So after Schnee, we have Lang. Yes. Yes. Ah, I'm almost in the dark! Um, That's not where I'm meant to do. Oh, I can make it. I have to go through that square. I can acrobatics over there, right? You could. I can acrobatics to that. To try and not provoke, right? You move at half speed when you do that. So it'll be your full round action, or you could move there. I'll just provoke. If Wait, it has there? combat reflexes. Oh, that's right, he already provoked. Oh, I didn't ask that question. I'm going to just risk it! For the <laughs> He's going for it! He's going there! Does he provoke? You do not see this creature lash out at you. Haha! You foolish fool! I hit it with my three sticks! Okay. Taste my justice! Roll your attack! He hit him with justice? Justice strike! What was it? What was it? A 14. Oh, so no. That does hit. How much damage? Six. Ooh. Six. The dog is not looking good. Good. Taste it. <laughs> Taste my That's fury! That's got some cool properties, dude. The disarm and blocking. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'll ever use the disarm, but the blocking's nice. If you ever fight defensively. Yeah. The, the disarm is nice if you, if you get improved disarm, though. Yeah. 
All right. After Lang, we have Barney and Cabbage. So Barney is going to move up. Oh goodness, does it take a does that take a double move to move two squares? I feel like it's doing the diagonals weird. Yeah, because it would be ten, twenty, thirty. So it would only be one to move there. Well, I have a twenty foot movement speed. So. Oh, so then yes, it is double move to get there. So Barney will move up to behind a schnee, and he'll say. I must apologize. I can't see anyone else to have cabbage attack, so I think he's just going to keep going until he's dead. And because I can't actually, I can't see the goblin to tell cabbage to attack the other target. So cabbage is just going to make a full attack. Okay. The bite is a 22 to hit. That will hit. For three points of damage. All right, as the dog goes down. Oh, so I guess Cabbage will move then. Nice. Very good. I like it. He will continue his sing, and he'll move... I guess he'll just move... It's a very tight space. Is it... Can I move to this space? Is that a space? Let's see. Yes, that is a space in the, okay, the so entryway. He will, he will move there. That gives plenty of room. Okay. And unfortunately, the goblin has a bow. And cannot take an attack of opportunity. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Next up, we do have the goblin's turn. Seeing this dinosaur come running up, it's going to shriek out in fear and is going to full withdraw. Can he do that and not provoke? No. Yes. Uh, no. How? How can he do this? He probably will provoke. You are very lucky that I do not yet have grabbed. <laughs> yes. So go ahead and roll your attack of opportunity. Oh, is an 11 going to do it? No, an 11 is not going to do it. So it's going to oh, scuffle away. And then you hear more shrieking as it runs away. That is its turn. Next up, we have... Goblin Dog is dead, so we will come to Arashk. Who will move 15 feet and pull out a crossbow, and then we'll load it. Actually, it's no longer dis- difficult terrain in these spots. Yeah, only the only the cross-hatched. Yeah, the cross-hatched is difficult so terrain. Yep. But I think if you do the, the control thing, it should do that for you. It should, it should know. I think, I think it knows if it's difficult no, terrain. No, mine says not. five feet. Looks like it's... It. Yeah, it's not working for Josh's, so I'll have to look into that. I don't know why it is for everyone but him. 15, 20, 25. Uh, You can't move there, because as you get closer, you see there is an occupant. Okay, so then when he rounds the corner and sees bad guys there, he will go like, oh, dear God. And then he'll actually go like, oh, dear God. Which one? Like, oh, dear God. I'm in the dark. (laughs) So... Which one? He'll move in there. When he rounds this corner and he gets here, and I'm assuming he sees that goblin, he goes, oh, we've got more of them. And he'll load the crossbow there. Although it would be really tempting to throw another bomb. Look at all the three of them right there all together. I could do it too. I could do it. Oh, and I could do it. Okay, he won't load the crossbow. He's going to throw a bomb. (laughs) Oh, you are throwing a bomb. He's a pyromaniac. Okay. And he is down to one. <laughs> well, no, he's got... He took 
filthy min-maxer extra bombs. Min-maxer, shut uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> I throw the bomb at the, this one right here, this guy, right? Okay. All right. So the thing that stinks is I put colored things around them to tell them apart, but since they have dark vision, <laughs> I see black and white. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. I got natural 24 bomb with 19 to confirm snap. bomb. Okay, alright, that's going to confirm and probably splat him. Nice. I think he is the red one. So what's the damage on Twelve. that? Twelve. Yeah, he's donezo dead. Alright, and the other two get a reflex save. Alright, so the one right in front of you rolled a six. Bail. So he'll take full yep. damage. I think he's the green one. So that's two points of damage? Uh, no, that's going to be... Six points of damage. Five. One. Five. No, right? Plus four. The damage. Isn't it just your intelligence? Don't you have a sixteen? Yeah, and throw anything, which adds one. Oh, okay. So five well, points of damage. Let's see here. A plus one for no, no, yeah, five points of damage. Okay. Yeah, that's for uh, that's for attack rolls. Yeah, so yeah, should just be the five. If they fail, it's five. If they pass, it should be two. Yeah. Okay, so the other one rolled a 17. Is that a pass? Yes. Okay, all right, so they take two. All right, so they're still up. The one died, though, right? Yes, um, and I can't... I think if I put a condition on one... Be oh, no, that, that seemed to work. Okay, so that one is dead. So that is that your turn, Arash? You moved mm -hmm. and threw a bomb? So now we come to the other one, who is going to come right up in your business, and he's going to try to whack you with a short sword. Right in your biscuits. Right up in your business. Uh, so this is going to be a 17 to hit. Does that hit? Yes. Alright. Oh, just hit. That's oh. going to be a whopping two points of damage. That's scary. That's actually, I, <laughs> How you looking? I'm scared. <laughs> I'm more scared than I was. Like, this is... I am shook. Low-level combat is no joke, man. It's You're not really wrong. not. It's really not. Like, I'm one arrow away from being down. Yeah. All right, now we come to Schnee. Schnee! Schnee, Schnee, what do you mean? Schnee, move! Come to the light, Schnee! Okay, so that's 35, that's 30. Can I move on to the dog's body, corpse, in that square? Yes, you can. Okay. So he will move up and cast Dancing Lights. Where's Jessup when you need him? I know, right? You play a good character like Jessup. Gah! <laughs> what did I do? I brought an archer to a darkness fight! That's Leave okay, at least you didn't bring them to a, a monk fight where everyone has catch arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was That's amazing. The worst thing That's ever. true. Yeah, so I guess he's just gonna move up, and I will total defense. Super, super late. I, I, I love this early game combat. I, I move, and then hit. I move. Well, I'm in difficult terrain too, so it's like not only can I not shoot, really, I have to be in melee, and I'm in difficult terrain still. Awesome. All right. So that's Schnee's turn. Now we come to Lang. Lang can do something. Uh, much in the way that we just talked about, I will move and hit. Move and hit. All right. It looks like your difficult terrain isn't working either. I'll have to look at yes, that. Yes, it is. 
It's working fine. No, it's not. Yeah, you should be fine. Ten, you're, fifteen. You're, you're 20, fine. You're yeah. fine. I just noticed it wasn't calculating right. Oh wait, no. No, uh, no yeah, I think it is. It is. Doing yeah, it's right. good. Weird. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ten You'll feet. Not. If I want to move that way, it's yep. ten feet. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Cool. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Do you very good for me. All right. You're gonna attack oh, him. Not twenty. A five. How much? Twenty-five. Nope, just five. <laughs> no, a five. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's not gonna hit. Next up, we have Barney and Cabbage. So Barney is over here in complete darkness, and he says, <laughs> I, oh, "I can't see." And he begins to move forward, and he trips over himself in the darkness and gets up and keeps uh -oh. moving. It's okay. A flavor and then trip. he falls off the it's cliff. Flavor trip. <laughs> and he dies. He goes over there. <laughs> and stumbles off the cliff. <laughs> Cabbage will step up. Uh, is this? Well, looks like I can. Yeah. Kind of five foot step there. Yep, you can five foot step there. Okay. Out of the difficult terrain. And uh, again, Barnabas can't see anybody to target specific, so Cabbage is just going to continue his command. You can't see the blue one. I can see the one, but like he can't see the other goblins to yeah. direct. Bar he can't say, Cabby, attack the other one because he can't oh. see those. Yeah, true. Yep. Okay. So go ahead and roll your. So the bite is going to miss. Claw, I think, is also going to miss. 13. What was the So first I missed one? with a 10. Okay. 10 yep. with the bite, a 13 with the claw. Miss. And an 18 with the final claw. That will hit. Okay, five points of damage. Oof. All right, so five damage yeah, to Yeah, animal companions are good at low level. If you remember the um, Volus, I think he got three attacks yeah. too. Mm -hmm. And then he died. Yeah, animal companions yeah. scale Tragic. really weird, man. They're really... They're really strong, and then they fall off pretty Really hard. hard. Unless you build something exploitative with them. Okay. Now we come to the original goblin, the goblin commando. What? Yeah, who is actually going commando today, in <laughs> yeah. case you cared. Oh, um, good for him. <laughs> uh, you know. Her? Uh, it's her? fine. I cannot see it. Oh, it's her. Oh, good, how good for her. her. Yeah, that's... Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for woman. her. She's going to pull back her short bow and fire at the only one that she can see well outside of her companions, uh, which is the monk. So she will fire uh -oh. at yep. Lang. So this is where he dies. He's got snatch arrows. He's fine. <laughs> I wish. So this will be a 15 to hit. No. Oh, misses and hits the dinosaur. Only uh, that's how arrows works, but it's not. I don't think that's how it works. All right. So then we come to the green one, which is still alive. Man, I wish I could see my colors. Is this the green one? It is. Okay. So the green one is going to five foot step and attack the monk with a short oh. sword. Oh, he's, he's really dead. gonna die for sure. It's uh, natural one. He's not gonna survive this encounter. <laughs> he's on his last legs. So that was Green's turn. Now we come to Arashk again, top of round four. This guy is right there. He's just right there. Yeah. Isn't he dead? Yeah. Uh, no. Or is he not dead? He's not and dead. I, He's not looking great. I can't my footstep here? No, this is all rubble behind uh, you, so you're as far back as you can I go. I will delay. 
Delay. Yeah. I All want right. this one to be dead, and then I will shoot this one with arrow. Well, it is his turn, and he has a lot of options. So I'm going to roll a... You want me to hit the, the monk? He's got five attacks. <laughs> I'm going to roll a D, D3. Yeah. We will start so... one Arashk, two Cabbage, three It's a really rare, rare creature. So it's lame. a Goblin Hydra. So... Go <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Alright, short sword coming at you. That sounds like it, a fun creature. Does a 10 hit your AC? Lang. No. Okay, alright. No. That's misses. <laughs> no. And we are at Shni, who. Oh, Shni's on top of the dead token, so it looks like he has the dead on him, but he doesn't. I'm playing dead. Wait. <laughs> I'm gonna roll a uh, bluff check. <laughs> Okay, what would you like to do, Shnee? Shnee. I will move. Bold. Okay. At Bold. least to five feet, and then I'll see where to go next. Okay, so you oh, have crap. A, I cannot see. You have a wall on your, I guess, if you're facing inward, would be your left. And then there's the open space to your right that is difficult terrain, but then you, you're blocked in front of you by Lang. Can he see, though, now? He can see blue. Mm -hmm. He can see the four of you guys, and that's all he can see. Oh, lordy. Can I can I toss my torch? I don't know if there's a wall. Can I toss it to, like, the, yeah. the square? Yeah, absolutely. Ranged attack roll. I toss my, my torch. AC5. Now 24, 24! I hit that square! <laughs> what a waste. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Dude, I, it, it bounces up and hits a goblin and kills it. In case you guys are curious, I looked up the RGB for what, like, Torchlight is, and Google told me that Torchlight is F69A54, in case you care. So, now let me remove the light from Shani. Oh, maybe I can't see, but it doesn't light up enough north. It is because you're around a corner. I have walls in place, so oh, since you're so I can't looking around it. the corner, yeah, yeah. So it's gotcha. there. It's lighting up that corridor, but you okay. just can't. So see I can it. see everything in the light. Okay. So I will just move up to that square and toss my torch. Okay. All right. So you toss your torch in that corner. Next, we come to Lang. It is your turn. Ah! I see things. The one right in front of me is still alive, right? Yes. Has it taken any damage? Both of them are right in front of you, and both of them look pretty heavily damaged. Okay, well, we're gonna do a flurry of blows! Power attack. Cleave. Oh no, okay, against blue. Hit me. And it is a 15. 15 barely misses. No! Mm. Oh, what a lose. Second attack! Wow. An 8! I miss wow. horribly. Yes, that misses more. Oh my I gosh. can't see. <laughs> to be fair, it's, it's fair retribution for your <laughs> performance. Yes, your two natural twenties out or of the, the two gate. natural twenties this morning or the, earlier. Yeah, the day before. Afternoon. Yes, today. Yeah. Ridiculous. All right. So after Lang, would you like to five foot step at all? Yes. Okay. Ah! So you're straddling the torch. You get a little roasty toasty. Yep, yep. Roasty toasty. Exactly how it's right. <laughs> Smells like chicken. <laughs> Next up, we have Barney and Cabbage. So Barney is going to move action 
move two squares okay. to be able to see. Okay. And sure, he'll fire his crossbow. Why the heck not? He's not going to hit nothing, but... Who's he aiming at? He'll aim at blue. Why not? Okay. A nine that's not going to do it. Yeah, nine's going to miss, unfortunately. Cabby is going to continue his attacks. Okay. Fifteen's going to miss. Seventeen will hit. Seventeen will hit. This is blue. Yes, for three damage. All right. With his one HP, he goes down. I've noticed that Cappy can hit, but his damage is like half of what one attack that Ling can do is. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do ten. Okay. Had you readied your action for Josh? Uh, Oh, maybe I didn't. I meant to. You were delaying, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Cabby had to do two attacks, so he will... Yeah, he would five-foot step up, but I know that would screw with somebody else's plans. (laughs) No, no, it won't, because I can five-foot step here. Okay. And he'll do his final attack. Okay. So, bite claw, five-foot step. Uh, Seven's going to miss, so that's it. Okay. All right, yep, so that misses. Um, I'll go, and I'll five-foot step, and I'll shoot from that corner. And then I will roll a miss, probably, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, no precise shot. That's a minus oh, four just... that roll. What, what did you roll? 19. Oh, 19. yeah, 15 is going to barely miss. Close, but not quite. All right, so you move an initiative to below Barney and Cabbage. After you, we have the commando who is going to... Oh, dear. Hmm, what's, it, what's that commando gonna do? Well, you know, real commandos go commando. The commando so. is going to move to this square and is going to move action, open the door, and is going mm-hmm. to yell open the door. something in goblin language. I think by now Barney should have picked up the language. He's a quick study. Oh, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he knows and what he's saying, though. you can hear commotion from inside. And that will be its turn. And next we come to Green, who is going to roll to see if it attacks. Well, Cabbage missed it. Well, I'll, I'll roll to see between the monk and the dino. So one, two, three, four, five, Lang, and six is Cabbage. <laughs> so one is Cabbage, two is Lang, one is Cabbage. No. So this will be the short sword oh, yeah. attack, which is a... It's hard to read. That is... A 19. Four points of damage to Cabbage. Ah. Ah. Maximum damage. Ah. It's going to take hours. Hours for him to fix that. That does sound good. This is going to take all the the day. (laughs) A gear hits the ground and rolls away. Oh, that's not supposed to be. (laughs) Next we come to Schnee. Five foot steps. Okay. And he's going to smack at something. Okay. Second attack, well, technically, I, I, my second attack was the nat 20 with the throw, but we're going to, we're going to, this is not going to go well. We're going to longsword smack him. Okay. That is a 18 for three damage. And that goblin dies. Nice. <laughs> wow. I forgot how fun low level play is. Hey, I do three damage. And you I saluted. it. 
Like, Myself. And as that goblin dies, you can hear there is additional commotion coming from the door that was opened by the goblin up north. Some of you are able to see that. And we will pick it up there next time. <laughs>